Welcome in, everybody. It's semi-time. Are you excited? I have with me the great Nicholas Gibbs from Investing Against the Grain. He's going to be joining me on this live stream. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. How you been, bro? I'm doing great, man. This is an exciting day that nobody's really talking about except for us. I know. <laughs> a couple nerds. <laughs> yeah. Just chilling. Uh, we'll have more guests coming through the uh, event as well. We have Alexandra Mertz on deck. We might have a few others. We also have potentially Emmett Peppers. He's going to be joining us from the event itself. And I asked him to try and get Elon. So we'll see if we get him on the stream. That would be freaking pretty cool. So we'll see if we can make that happen. Um, yeah, so make sure you can hear us okay. Make sure you can see us okay uh, in the comments. Let us know where you're from. Drop your location, where you're tuning in from. And uh, yeah, let's get the show started. Uh, yeah, dude, how you doing? What are you looking for? You know, I think with all the Twitter stuff and all the crazy Elon stuff as of late, this thing has gone completely under the radar. And I feel like there's a lot of implications here. So what what, what are you thinking? What's going through your mind here? You know, I was really excited for a, uh, a, a one more thing moment, kind of like we had last semi day. And I, I was on my way to pick up some food for the wife and, and me uh, before hopping on here. And I was listening to people on, on Yahoo Finance and they were predicting the roadster or whatever. I'm like, oh, you know what? If they're predicting it, it's not going to happen. <laughs> now I'm like all like upset that like Yahoo had to say anything just to be like, oh, what? like it's not going to be exciting now or Elon yeah. probably will just scrap it just because they said something. But <laughs> but. Nah, that, that's that's the one thing I'm I'm really uh, I don't know I I'm a sucker for the over optimistic and get let down, but hey, it's fun yeah. to get overly optimistic. What, what about you? What, what are you looking forward to, dude? I'm like I'm I think you and I sort of have spoken a lot, and you know we're I think we're caught from the same cloth. Just you know optimistic sometimes to a fault, and I can't like literally in my head I'm like temper your expectations right so i'm going from they're going to show the semi the roadster and the twenty-five thousand dollar car to like okay they're going to show the semi and something else but if you look back to the other events that tesla has hosted like these delivery events sort of things i, I think it was very focused to that product it was when they were unveiling uh, a thing where you were going to have like a one more thing moment but at the same time like we've talking about before the last time Tesla has unveiled a new product was, I mean, I guess Tesla bought technically-ish in the recent AI day, but it was sort of shown before. It was really, uh, you know, it, before they had to go to the Cybertruck for a car, right? That's 2019. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would be shocked if we see anything but the semi, but who knows, man? This is like, this is like a perfect setup for a surprise because nobody is expecting it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm, ready to be disappointed from that front <laughs> does that yeah. itself yeah, is gonna be sick you know but we'll see yeah I, yeah. yeah i mean not not to take away from the, se the semi i mean that alone is just a huge deal right like there's no doubt about that but oh oh yeah. you take a sip of wine and she pops I up know. what is this cheers what is this? That, that's my wine fairy and the first thing i see is his <laughs> glass of wine and i'm going oh my god he's gonna sleep by the time the no way <laughs> not this time did Not you this see time. yesterday? We were watching you all the time, and you were like really struggling, right? <laughs> I, well, it was. Uh, I was trying so hard to figure out what the hell they were saying during the technical portion, to the point where I'm like, 
I think my I think my dura is breaking. Like that was, you know, I didn't know what the hell a dura was. I learned it on the on the thing, and I'm like, yeah, my brain's literally falling out of my ears. But it was still, you know, it was still I was so. Going, fun. Okay, will he will he remember the name? Because you know, at the beginning, you were like, oh, Christine, oh, by Christine, hi, <laughs> yeah. and then at the end, it was like a little bit less, a little bit. Less. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Hi, Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing better now. <laughs> how is married life? Oh yeah, Mar married life is uh it's very similar to uh not married life. Not married. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No nothing really changed for us just title, just legal forms. Good. Uh, good yeah. job you're back and you enjoyed Greece, right? Because last time we spoke it was oh, just yeah. before you you left for your honeymoon. Okay. Yeah, 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 last time we spoke yeah, it was just before so yeah, Greece was uh Greece is always amazing perfect weather perfect time mm -hmm. people and we did a little island hopping so it was it was fantastic i saw a couple of those pictures you had this terrace with the pool right and i was oh. like what's this <laughs> he's a millionaire already there we go <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's hilarious yeah. what are you looking for alexandra in this uh in this meet in this uh event I i'm looking for cindy how is producer wife hi cindy <laughs> she's not gonna say anything she's She's gonna walk out shy. the back of the semi. <laughs> Laptop in hand. What am I looking for? I mean, can you imagine that? I'm 56 years old. I've never even, you know, put a foot into any truck or anything similar to a truck, and now I'm all excited because there's a semi coming. Isn't that crazy how the world changes? It's insane. It's completely nuts. Yeah. It's like it's. Have Tesla ever, has done. Have you ever driven a truck? I, I've never driven a truck. Like, did you? Drive a truck? Uh, Nick, I've I've driven like a, a twenty footer U-Haul, but that's that's not a semi. Yeah. Like it's no. a semi. You're double clutching. Like I mean, that's yeah, that's intense. And and I was looking at those videos. I mean, it they look so smooth, right? They look as if they're driving and accelerating like a car now. Nothing of the boom 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 uh, slow slow motion that we're used to. Yeah pretty wild it's uh it's one of those things tesla is so good at taking something that previously folks just weren't even like like who gets like you said like who gets excited about a semi who gets excited about like uh upgradable monkeys yesterday you know like people are cheering about like the most nerdy stuff and i'm like this is completely nuts it's absolutely insane um alexandra on your end maybe you might have to change the 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 video thing there's delay from when you're speaking so you may have to uh, tweak a oh, is it yeah. Okay, you know just what I do? I up. get out and come back in and try to try to get it. Okay. Okay, let's try, let's try that. Perfect. Um, yeah, man, it's it's. She makes such a good point. It's like the the sort of hype behind the Tesla products are is so unique. You know, the you would think that, for example, who who's a who, uh, the biggest I think semi truck uh, manufacturer in the U.S. is Freightliner, as an example. Uh, does Freightliner have a live stream at 7 p.m. Wow. Central that's going to be beamed to millions of people? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's so weird. Yeah. It's such a weird phenomenon. Now, yeah. it, Tesla is their own thing. I mean, nobody else is. Nobody, like, it's, uh, I don't even know how to say it. It's, it reminds me so much of, uh, not, not to get cliche here again and with all the Apple stuff, but it's just like Apple. I mean, you know, it's like when everybody would be like, oh, well, these other companies are going to jump in and they're going to do the same thing. It's like, you don't understand. People don't want to buy these other phones. They want to buy 
the latest technology. Like I was just reading something um, about about Mercedes giving like 20, 30% discounts for their electric vehicles in China now. They can't give them away. That's and so it's, yeah, and why is that? Well, because people know Mercedes doesn't have the latest tech. You know, yeah. it's Tesla or it's Neo or it's BYD. It's not Mercedes, it's not BMW. So yeah, I don't know. It's things are just different. And once once you're seen as the innovator, it's I feel like it's over for the other companies. They'll be around, they'll do stuff, but there's nothing like this ecosystem that Tesla has for themselves. Yeah, you're so right. Uh, we got Monroe live in the house. Corey, I sent the uh, invite link to your DM on Twitter. Dude, come join us. Open forum. Have a good time. Bring a drink if you have one. Uh, and if not, that's okay, too. I'm sure you have a full schedule. But if you have time, dude, you're more than welcome. Come join us. Um, yeah, let us know where you're from. Let us know uh, what uh, location if you want to tell us. And then uh, producer wife, bring up some of the locations as, as we as we get them from the folks. And obviously, thank you all so much for joining us. We have 1,300 people joining us already. You could have just went to the Tesla link and you chose to come here. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. And seriously, I'm very, uh, I'm very excited for this. Um, we got people from Poland. Look at this. Very international audience, usually. And then whenever I say that, there's like a whole host of people. Uruguay, phenomenal. Did they make it to the World Cup? I think they did. New Zealand again, perfect. Look at these, look at these international places. How many of these have you NYC. have you visited, Nick? Uh, I've been there. I've been to Poland. I've been to Uruguay. I've lived in New Andrew York. Andrew Yang, he he ran for president. We have a, a former presidential <laughs> nominee on, in the house. Sweden. I have not been to Sweden. That's definitely on the list. Likewise, have not That's been to Taiwan. Well. That's awesome. Yeah, I like this game. Yeah, right? Netherlands? I've been in Netherlands. How are we doing, Alexandra? I'm fine. I don't know whether you hear me more simultaneously now. We It's still delayed. I don't know if... Uh, what's your uh, video setting set to? Is it 480? Yeah, it's 480. But you know what I'll do? I'll close all the rest. It may be, it may be a bit heavy on my... Might be that, yeah. Internet. If you have a thousand tabs um, open, that might be uh, Give impacting me a couple it. of minutes. Ooh. And then... Ooh. Buddha vida. Mm, that, that's Sorry. sort of my that's sort of my thing. <laughs> that's sort of my thing. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay. Germany. Oh boy. Oh, there's some Germany. Germans. Oh, I'm hope I hope you're. <laughs> how do you feel? It's horrible. Tell us how you feel. It's just horrible. Yeah. Devastated. I mean, you know, I have the French at home, right? So the kids, obviously, now they are completely French. This morning they may have still be half German, <laughs> but now they're completely French. <laughs> <laughs> they've switched allegiances and, like, oh. <laughs> and, and they, i mean usually they're not allowed to come in my office when i work right they, I mean, they're obviously grown up now but you have no idea how motivated they were to come into my office once the oh the dogs are cute once the germans were out and then i, I went to watch it on tv and i mean they were all crying on the bench what's good to cry on the bench now it's too late idiots right i mean it's all good but don't cry on the bench in the end. Oh, yeah, really pissed off. Yeah, it was a surprise, and I was surprised that Japan also like. Man, props to them because both both games, and we'll get back. We'll get back to semi talk here in a second. I promise y'all. But like, it was just so fascinating to watch Japan. Both games that they won, they were down at the half, and then they came back and won both games. So like, and then if Spain would have tied and, them, and Germany I mean, so and Spain would have gone through. Yeah. Exactly. They nearly eliminated Spain as well. Can you imagine? They were Whoa, in a group no, I, no, no. Yeah, hold on. Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, 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 
You're talking to the Spaniards. Let's, don't forget. Yeah, let, let's 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 <laughs> not let's not but, but hyperbole. I mean, you're only number two. You're only number two in that pool. Come you guys scored you what in the 80th minute to tie the game? That's not <laughs> almost beating us. <laughs> oh my God, World Cup, man. Yeah, but Japan's really got our respect because because their I mean their supporters were so nice from day one. They were cleaning the stadium. The, yeah. the players, you know. Yeah. I I, I really that, I'm I'm good for them. I have to say that was amazing to see those pictures and everything. Like, mm. man, we mm. need more of that. Mm. More of that. More love. Yeah. More peace. No, no. Yeah. Agreed, hundred percent. More cleaning up yeah. the stadium. I, I should tell that my kids actually more cleaning up the rooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like the uh, the tragedy of the commons, right? It's it's it sucks, you know. It's, people should leave everything better than how they found it. It's true. True. There we are. Very, very true. Very, very true. Um, how do you think uh, Elon's going to sound at this uh, at this event? I think he's been running around like crazy. He was at Apple headquarters on uh, Tuesday, then yesterday? Or, or yesterday. No, no, no. yesterday. You're right. Right before yeah, the event. Yep. Yeah. And then later that day, he went to Neuralink, and now he's going to be delivering semis to Pepsi. What do you guys expect from uh, from the event here, from Elon specifically? Do you really expect anything else than semis? I mean, probably a couple of semis, but I mean, I don't expect a Cybertruck, or I don't expect anything. Oh, there he goes again, Nick. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I do, but I know I'm wrong, but I do. Always, always hoping for the best, right? Don't settle with a little bit less. <laughs> Eternal optimism. You know, I, I just hope, like, in a serious note, I just hope. All right, maybe I'm joking a little bit. I hope Elon doesn't show up with a diet coke. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, did you see that video that that Coke brought out with their Toyota trucks? Right? Did you see that today? No. So oh. this morning. Oh, this morning, Coke published uh, a video with electric trucks. They have branded, obviously, Coca-Cola, uh, made by Toyota. So, uh, I, I mean, I'm like, oh! I mean, we spoke about it yesterday with Farzad. You saw that night table yeah. with the Diet Coke on it. And, and today it's Pepsi. <laughs> oh, my God. How crazy. Did you, can you find that, producer wife? Find that, um, find that link, mm. that video of, yeah. of uh, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, it's... it's Another thing too, where like there you have these. If I, send, uh, if I send it to your DM, if I send it to your DM, oh yeah, or the private chat too, the private okay. chat as well, uh, you can do that. Um, okay. And just a heads up, we we still have delay from your end, so if you close all your tabs and you did everything you can, it is what it is. We'll just uh, we'll roll with the punches. Okay, sorry, yeah. sorry about that. No, you're fine. It, no, hey, you it's it's there. ten times better than the stream from last night uh, from Neuralink. <laughs> so bad, so pixelated. <laughs> The worst, right? They can make cars drive, but they can't figure this out. <laughs> true. That's true. It's hilarious. What What was the thing? I think Alexander was giving them grief for um, their audio quality. At yeah, the, uh, the at Tesla calls, oh my right? Gosh. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, that was so bad. Yeah. That was just it, the worst. It's very hard to sort of. That's the one thing that I learned while I was there is the the product and the technology they use for their for their products is world-class literally second to none hard for others to catch up right you can hyperbole after hyperbole i mean i can i can keep going here for a thousand years but the but it, it's super scrappy it's still a very scrappy company internally so um it's one of those things where i'm sure the logic is well 
do we really have to spend money on quality audio quality and and the uh, call if that money could be better served uh throwing it into the production line or building up our cash reserves so that we can build more gigafactories right that's how they think even though it might be mm -hmm. like literally like you just add a blue yeti like for a hundred dollars yeah. in the middle of the table they're like well that hundred bucks could be uh, used better somewhere else you know it's fascinating to think about just how they're still mm -hmm. so picky you know, they're so, so picky about this stuff. Or they could just be like, we don't care. <laughs> We're not even thinking about it. You know, we need somebody to tell us that it's important. I don't know. Or they, they could just tape some cardboard to the walls. <laughs> like, that's free. For the reverb. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Hey, so, all right. Pepsi or Coke? Coke, easily. Yeah. Alexandra? <laughs> Mineral water. Sorry, I don't drink any soft drinks. I never did. Okay. That's, okay. Sorry about that. I'm Pepsi. <laughs> I'm a Pepsi guy. Why? Why Pepsi? Yeah, everyone says there that. Everyone says so weird. That. <laughs> it's it's sweeter. It's sweeter. I like the sweetness. Okay. See, yeah. I like that. I that I like I don't know if it's article. I don't know if it's like bitter or like you know that caramelly taste that Coke has. I feel like it's just uh, I don't know. It goes down smoother for me. I just it's that I don't know. It's got the fizz there. Water. Water. Yo, yo Corey. All right. Yeah. Shout out to Corey. So Corey is the one that's manning the Monroe Live account right now. Um, dude, he's uh, he looks good. He's put in a lot of time. I don't know if you've been watching any Monroe Live videos lately, but uh, props to Corey. Everybody give a shout out to uh, to Corey in the comments, man, because he's been freaking putting in the work and it shows. Hell yeah. Get after it. Cheers. Have a drink to yourself. <laughs> give yourself but water. Yeah, it but better just water. be water. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then in the comments, let us know what your preference is. Coke or Pepsi? You did it, Corey. <laughs> you led. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to call uh, out oh, man. here for his genius. <laughs> All right. For, for, forget uh, the event. I want to read these comments. <laughs> They're funny. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for joining us. We're almost at 2,000 viewers already. This is like insane. Um, Amy. We started these for fun. You know Amy? She, uh, she lives in my hometown, Satellite Beach. Uh, so keep Canaveral area. That's awesome. Where Warren Redlick lives now. Yeah. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, always fun being part of these uh, events, especially when we have more viewers, because the comment section is always so entertaining. And then anytime we go live um, with some of these, uh, uh, I think yesterday during the Neuralink event, when it got super technical, the comment section was a riot. Like I almost... And there was a point there where I was just reading the comments instead of paying attention because everybody was making so many great freaking puns and jokes and everything. I'm like, this is, I love Neuralink, but that may have been more entertaining. <laughs> the yeah. comment section. <laughs> yeah. I, Amazing. I, I'll be honest. Oh. Oh, thank you, Darby. Appreciate the super chat. Get Corey on the stream. Hello, everyone. Look at Nick with his live stream etiquette. My God. Yeah, what a professional. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, on that note, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. It, they're Thank they're going to be somewhere supposedly around here. Plug um, your plug your uh, plug your channel while you're on. We got almost two thousand uh, viewers. Yeah, I suck at that. Um, investing against like the grain. If you like to talk about money and Tesla and engineering, that's your channel. I'm an engineer, by the way. I don't know if I should say that. <laughs> I don't like talking about I myself like that. <laughs> as an engineer, so as an engineer, there's a lot of claims around here. Let me pull up your, um, yeah, your, your, there you go. We got you there. Um, let me pull up your, uh, YouTube for those that are, whoa, 
that are not familiar, investing against the, look at this, look at this handsome fella. Look at this beautiful couple. Yeah. Investing yeah. against the grain. Make sure you check them out. Nico does incredible work. Seriously. One of the best, uh, um, YouTube channels for me when I, when I'm thinking about really getting the take of somebody who knows what they're talking about, highly, highly recommend it. Um, as an engineer with their engineering background, there's a lot of claims around how the Tesla semi is impossible, how the range is, uh, you know, it's not going to be achievable. How, how do you think about that? How do you sort of process that information when people like, you know, I think Bill Gates and others have come out and said, Hey, this is like a pipe dream. What, what goes through your mind? Yeah, you know, so, hey, so the truth is, I don't know enough about the semi to speak intelligently about it. But from a high level, th there's like a, a really large period of time where it seemed impossible to ever have something like an electric car that could go mass distance with weight. Because, because how were you going to hold all of that electricity, right? People thought about capacitors, um, you know, super capacitors, I, I think Elon might have like, I, I don't know. I, I don't make something up, but I think Elon might have like initially thought about doing something like that when he was younger. Uh, but anyways, the problem was where the batteries and now with, you know, the, all the new technology, we have the batteries, all the innovation and the rapid innovation we see with them. I, for me, I don't see why you would say that a semi couldn't do it. I mean, I get the whole load distribution part of it, but at the same time, you have bigger motors. You can carry more load, especially if they find a way to make it so it's not like uh, it's not it's part of the structure. Like if they can set it up so it's part of the structure, so it's not like it's carrying the battery load as well. I don't know. To, to me, it seems like I would not naturally just say this is impossible. So it, it's weird for me to hear people say that. Again, my background is in mechanical electrical engineering, so this is the kind of stuff that you know if I really dived into it, I'd understand. But I can look at it at least at a high level enough to not have the confidence just to say that's impossible. So to me, it's like, wow, you have some brass just to out of nowhere say it's impossible. It's like, I don't know, but I also don't like to say things unless I know. <laughs> so very engineer of you. What, what do you, Alexandra, from your standpoint as somebody who follows, uh, I don't think you have an engineering background, but you're very much in tune with uh, what Tesla does, right? From a engineering perspective, how, mm -hmm. how do you view the semi? Uh, from from where you stand well I, I mean it's obviously uh, incredible that it worked and that it worked i found relatively quickly i know that people expected this much earlier but i i don't you know i never had that expectation and if i'm correct and again correct me like i'm, I'm certainly not a specialist on this so this is not now based on the 4680 right this is still on the correct. 2170 or even even a smaller battery because i saw one of the uh, YouTubers that seems to be, you know, very much into battery capacities and all that, that they use this old 18, whatever it is, that five numbers, uh, battery that, see, yeah, 650, exactly, that seems to keep the energy denser. I mean, again, don't, don't, don't even try to understand what I say because I don't understand it. Um, but that this car is able to be doing 500 miles without charging and its biggest competitor, haha, which is the Nikola one, right? Which is the Pruess of Bosch and everybody else helping them trying to come up with something competitive can do a maximum of 330 miles, but needs four times longer to charge 
which is obviously an issue because these are commercial trucks that have to be turned around and and and, and sent off again. So not only do they not have uh, a third of their, you know, only two thirds of their range, but they also need four times longer to charge it. And so, and and the whole the whole look of it. I mean, it it seems to be the example again that they started from bottom up, just from first principles. Let's forget anything we know about trucks, and let's just you know make something that's going to be comfortable for the driver sitting in the middle is obviously completely revolutionary having a cabin that has a completely other display i mean the 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 truck driver is now going to have two screens soon he's not going to even do anything else and supervise the car right and uh and and the whole aerodynamics everything has has been rethought like nobody else did these old trucks especially the us ones they look the same than 60 years ago and the european ones are not aerodynamic at all you know being so rectangular cubes whatever being you know not smooth into into any wind or any any other um natural natural influences and so i i mean it's just the whole process again and and i mean Honestly, I would have the money. I'll buy one and transform it into an RV. I just think this is yeah. such a such a beautiful thing, uh, and, and it looks so smooth. What I'm the most astonished about is when I watch it is how it just accelerates like like a Tesla car. This is it, it doesn't give you the feeling at all of something heavy of something that that needs you know has a delay. So I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing them and and seeing them on the road soon. I've never seen one in. Have you seen any of you have seen any in real? No, I haven't seen uh, it. Yes, no. Uh, they had Did? they had it at um at the investor day at the shareholder meeting. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. They, okay. Yeah, they so had one outside. Um, Did you go inside? It, inside of it? No. Okay. No, it was okay. hot. Mm-hmm. I was I was hot. It was really hot, and it started to rain. And I was trying to get my little rib sandwich and to go back inside <laughs> as fast as possible. So. <laughs> It's like I was sweating, getting rained on. And I'm Welcome like, to Texas, uh, I'm baby. Gonna... yeah. So, <laughs> did you did you ever listen to did you ever listen to Xander? You know, with whom I'm uh, with Herbert and and Christian and Xander, the the cyber bulls, because he actually took out a mortgage with his business partner, and they bought one, and they're gonna receive one soon. So I, I think that, and they're putting a whole business model behind it, which I think is a uh, is a great idea. Yeah, no, I I love uh, I love listening to them. I, I feel watching the three of them is uh, is like watching a therapy session. Is what it feels like sometimes. It's it's like family Polish, therapy Polish. sessions. Like watching the three of them, it's like oh, this is this is like a, a this is a show. It's like a comedy show almost. Um, but I don't know how much analysis you guys have done on any of this. But how how long does it take for a regular? Um, internal combustion engine semi to to fill up and do you guys happen to have you looked into the laws as far as mm-hmm. how how long you can drive before you have to stop and sleep? 11 hours 11 hours yeah I'm pretty sure it's 11 it might it might be different by the driver country. yeah i think the driver after 11 hours continuous or a total in a 24-hour period they're mandated to stop um until the next 24 hour period i think that's how it works if there's any truckers uh because i'm actually surprised there's a few number of folks that are in this uh, trucking industry that uh listen to the channel do confirm for us that's the case i believe it's 11 hours um it might also change by state somebody says cali's eight hours not surprised to hear that so uh, it might be different 11 hours <laughs> so, right. is a lot of driving yeah 
Hold on. So can we clarify? So you can only drive 11 hours in a day? I believe so. Okay, so how far can you go? And then you have you to go... rest for 24? No, it's uh, 11 driving per 24-hour period. Yeah. I believe that's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so how far can you go in 11 hours? I mean, well, let's do some quick 70 math, miles right? an hour? Is that, is that what Not you think, even. 70 miles an hour? Uh, 60, Probably, 60, right? 70. Maybe 60. So, yeah, six, it, well, you, yeah, so 60 times 11, 660 miles. So, yeah, so that's interesting with that 500 fully loaded, and that's assuming you're going to be fully loaded. But I also wonder if that, like, is that assuming a flat terrain? Is that assuming hills? I mean, sure. And, and the other thing is that when I tell you they charge four times quicker than the Nikola, which is the second best in class all the other ones are much lower in range and much slower even uh that's a charge to 70 percent so 70 percent mm. of 500 is 350 which is about half so that would mean you have to charge once in the middle of your 11 hour session but i think i just saw that somebody said yes you can do 11 hours but not more than eight hours in one in without a rest oh really oh mm. well that explains a lot then if you if it's eight hour eight hours is 480 and then you have to rest the same time you charge mm. right i mean i'm just so, yeah numbers, I mean, as long as you can as long as it doesn't the, the the it would break the formula though if the if the if you have to rest when you drive when you should be driving I think, and and what's mm. one of the dirty secrets about the trucking industry? So I've worked in logistics and you know supply chain basically my my whole career. Drivers sometimes don't, you know, sometimes don't drive eleven. Like they they game it a little bit to like squeeze as much mm. uh, as possible from the route. So it's not common and it shouldn't be happening, but it does happen from time to time. Uh, from at least the the places you know, I would, I, not necessarily Tesla, but like you know, it's not like Tesla owns freaking the truckers. The truckers are all owned by their own companies, but sure. it's common. You they know? just, they just. Um, uh, but it's safe. It's the safe thing to do mm -hmm. is drive for eleven, rest for ten. So somebody in the comments said drive for eleven, rest for ten, which I believe that's the, that's actually what it's supposed to be. So, um, okay. Yeah, and when I was and, and how much and how long do they? How many? How many? liters or, or gallons of gas do they get into i mean obviously the huge truck and by also eats up a lot of uh of diesel or whatever they put in there so the question is i mean it is going to be cheaper ele electric wise but can they just go to any charging station no. 250 kilowatt or do they are they going to have special charging stations now yeah for these? it's going to be that it's going to be the special the okay. special places where they have to so the infrastructure super, super is going to have quick. to be built out yeah megawatt charger yeah. or whatever they'll call it um yeah. i think i think i know what's real quick uh, what's wrong with the delay alexandra because your video is on on time i think it's your audio try restarting obs if you're on obs and see if that i am yeah. on obs okay what i'll do i get out i reboot the whole computer and then i'm back perfect Give yeah me a i'm pretty sure that's going to fix it all right Excellent. we'll see you in a little bit Perfect. Um, the, yeah, the infrastructure build out for the megawatt chargers, for the semis, I've seen concerns around how people say, well, this is going to be, this is a big task. This is a big task, right? But you really think about it though, 
truckers, most of their drive is through states that have so much land, <laughs> yeah. so much land. And the, the infrastructure necessary for them to really achieve that is no different than the existing trucks, truck stops, right? So instead of having the, uh, place be outfitted with say, I don't know, 30 nozzles, um, swap two of them out for, uh, electric chargers at some spots to begin with. And then while you do that, start building out the charging infrastructure for the semis as you sort of build out this uh this this thing do you think there's going to be any issues there i really don't think so i mean i think the infrastructure I, stuff is super overblown yeah so yeah so first they they're already building it out they've been building it out so so i mean they're two steps ahead on that one but two it's not going to be any harder than what it was for the s y x you know the sexy vehicles it's not gonna be any like that is way harder than doing this for semis because to your point semis kind of go only in a few destinations right for the most part when they like charge up or fill up you know so a lot of it is right off the highway or on the highway or way stations and i think you could probably fill you could probably put more charging stations and more unique like like random little rest stops on the highway you could probably put some there and you know I think there's more flexibility with uh, with electricity. Yeah, I agree. And and you I don't agree. need as many like like worldwide. You don't need as many as compared to like for general vehicles. I mean, you might once you might once the 100 percent of the. So he, here's the interesting thing about the semi business, though. So some of the calculations, if you sit down and do the math, this thing could be at at parity or cheaper than rail. So once you have that, then the number of semis you have on the road probably double, triple, right? Maybe even more. Uh, they might 10x, right? Because a, a a train can pull probably like 150 containers. I don't know. Like it can pull a lot. So once the cost per mile per container goes down to the level where the semi is cheaper, then I think it's going to force semi electric electric semi companies to crank these out or force the the rail industry to figure out how to get cheaper because the, the thing about rail is that it's the cheapest option um by far over land but it's also the longest you know so if the semi becomes a cheapest option and it's probably twice or three times faster than rail then the economics break you know completely yeah. so then how do you think about that uh, the only the only thing uh, is, what if there's something that weighs more than eighty one tons? Um, is there anything that would weigh more than eighty? Well, I guess there are things, but what there. percentage? Oh, it's, I'm not saying that there's a lot, but you just hypothetically that is, saying that's something I think about. Yeah, sure. But uh, but yeah, could you imagine if like they got rid of all the rail and instead instead of like getting rid of like trains like they get rid of trains like that happens but imagine if they just paved over all the rails and just had that with semi paths now autonomous semi paths that would go be crazy that'd, that'd be, be completely insane. crazy i think when i worked at tesla dude i remember or like nothing rode full you know like like at, at, at the at the eighty-two thousand pound limit not even close we would we would hit the cubic capacity before we would hit the weight capacity the only thing that would hit weight capacity may have been the HV batteries, like the, the you know, the batteries that go mm -hmm. under the car. But even those, 
See if I remember how many we had in a trailer. I think we could fit four high, four deep. So 16 and each battery weighs like what? 2,200 pounds, right? So 22, it's not even, it's like 30,000 pounds. not even close. Yeah. You know, it's not even close to yeah, 60. Nor you know? Normally that's done intentionally with, with things like, like for example, like, all right, so I, I've worked on ships and on ships, we have all kinds of things that all, that all have weight limits from, from cranes to straps to come alongs, chains, like everything has all these different types of weight limits. And then you have testing that you have to do on them. And the, the allowable capacity isn't the actual, like, or the rated capacity isn't the actual capacity. The rated capacity is always like 70% of what the actual capacity could be, but you're not mm -hmm. allowed to exceed that 70%, mm -hmm. right? And that's just like a risk mitigation thing. So I, I so that makes a lot of sense. 81 tons or 82 tons may be like the max allowable. It's gross. Oh, gross. And okay. that's the other thing too. It's gross. So it's total, right? It's not the, it's yeah. not the load. It's, it's semi plus trailer plus yeah. load. Yeah. But, but the point that's is like, point. you don't ever want to push anything to the max on anything. Right, yeah. it, like it's. I, I'd rather be at you know, eighty five percent, eighty percent, just, just in case. Like you, you don't know what could happen. The, the only thing I would say that differs on that would be, uh, at least on ships, would be when you're filling up anything like a ballast tank or a fuel tank. You want those to be pressed up because when they're not pressed up and they're down, you have all of this wishing and washing and that that lack of uh, or that 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 slack room that can have big effects on your buoyancy and your balance, but that's a it rare thing. It makes sense. And I mean, also the heavier your load is on a truck, like the, the, the tougher it is to stop, you know, like the last thing you want is to have a semi truck going down a, a, a hill with say a 4% grade or a 3% grade or whatever. And, uh, you're, you're at 82,000 pounds and your brakes fail. You know, like that's why they downshift to, you know, third or fourth gear and try to, you know, cap it at 45. So the momentum of the engine slows it down or whatever. So, um, but th that's where, that's where things like an electric motor, uh, and regenerative brake braking and things like that become really, really powerful, you know? Um, oh, we have a special guest, producer wife. Let's bring in the special guest. Whoa. Who's this gentleman? <laughs> What's, What's up, up guys? Dude? How you guys doing? doing? I'm and in the spot where, event. yes, how you guys doing? Good, man. How you doing? Good. I'm in the spot where it says you can, photos and video allowed only in this area. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn, so, very specific. I'm in that spot right now. It's basically okay. looking at the uh, existing cars. But I'll turn around and kind of. Yeah. See. But there's, there's a whole bunch of areas, you know, on either side. There's like a, I don't know if you remember the Gigafactory uh, or heard about the gigafactory uh texas tour they have you go on to learn about different aspects of building the car and stuff where they have kind of something a miniature version of that here for the tesla yeah. semi and um so we went through that first and then uh there's a whole other area where they're serving hors d'oeuvres and drinks and getting ready for elon to come on stage That's any awesome. any any nuggets from the tour uh, I've been trying to get information out of various engineers that I've met and talked to, but no one seems to know anything uh, in terms of the guys. <laughs> like, Argos is a Yeah, it seems like that's probably what the way it should be. And the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you what do you expect to see at this event? So it's, it's kind of the vibe. You got there, what, like about an hour ago, Emmett? Something like that? 
Yeah, I got here an hour, a little over an hour ago. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, it just seems like a lot of customers are here. A lot of people that are like businesses that are going to be customers or that have a bunch of trucks on order maybe. And some other retail investors I've met that won the raffle. And then um, a lot of Tesla engineers coming from like Fremont, Palo Alto even here to help run this event tonight. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, what do you guys, I haven't been on social media a whole lot. What's, any, what's the latest? Any, any news, any, any headlines coming up on there? Uh, I haven't uh, really checked Twitter in the last hour. Uh, let me pull up Elon's uh, feed real quick here. I don't think I've really seen anything. There's a couple of videos on my on my uh, home feed here from the event. Um, yeah, nothing nothing groundbreaking yet. Do you think there's going to be a surprise today, Emmett? Yeah. Or do you, are you not getting that vibe? What, what kind of vibe are you getting out there? I'm not getting that vibe, but that's all the more reason I think there will be. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm too optimistic. I think the surprise would be like the Tesla Roadster 2.0 yeah. finalized first like yeah. five deliveries. People were under NDAs and they couldn't talk about it. Like maybe some of the early investors in Tesla are getting like Steve Jurgensen type people or something are uh, getting the first yeah. few founder series Roadster 2.0. That would be my best guess for a surprise if there is any, but I have no idea. What do you guys think? We're the same boat, man. Like we were literally talking. We, we sound like three peas in a pod because like both of us are like trying to temper our expectations and we're like, we're too over optimistic. And then you're throwing more fuel in that fire. You're like, yeah, I think something's going to happen. So I'm like, now I'm super excited. We're going to see the $25,000 car. We're going to see yeah. the Roadster. We're going to see finalized Cybertruck. Everything's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> At the very least, I think Elon's going to outline his visit, vision for the tesla semi and how big it actually is of uh disruption you know with the electric semi trucks and i think you know he's gonna outline how it could disrupt the rail industry and so many other things like it removes so much carbon from the atmosphere because semi trucks are such a big part of that and so forth so i think at the very least that's what's going to happen that's probably most likely the only real signal from this event is just him kind of reiterating or clarifying that kind of vision for the tesla semi in my opinion but Hopefully there's more, there's something else extra unexpected. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Someone's asking what's on your hat, by the way. Oh, the this plaid? is the, uh, it's, I'm trying to turn for the camera, which like yeah. backwards. It's, it's, it's the plaid hat. It's yeah. a plaid hat. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I had to wear my Tesla gear. I had a Tesla sweatshirt, but it was a little hot. So I took that off, but I have a Tesla Smart. hat on still. Mm. Hey Emmett, does it, yeah. does it feel like a Tesla event there or does it feel a little subdued? I was, that's exactly the word I was going to say, subdued. It feels a little subdued, partly because yeah. of the weather. I'm hearing a lot of people aren't making it because there's a huge snowstorm coming from the Bay Area out here. Me and my uh, guest, we had to leave last night and stayed in a hotel in Reno overnight because we knew there was a crazy snowstorm starting trying to get through over the mountains into Reno from, you know, Northern California from the coast. So... Yeah, and we were looking at the roads. The roads are, are a lot of them are closed right now, even from spin outs. So going back tonight's going to be a crap show. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people aren't making it because of the, the terrible weather conditions, to be honest. That might, allow, that might allow y'all to have more, uh, maybe some additional information because usually, like, the more subdued events allow for more one on one time with some folks. Yeah. So I wonder yeah. for those that are there, it might be beneficial. Yeah, yeah. I definitely got have been able to talk to a lot of engineers one-on-one, -on -one, you know, engineers creating the steering wheel or the, the uh, 
brake, air suspension, you know, all kinds of interesting hooks. And a lot of them are, I've been here five years or less. It's hard to find engineers that have worked here more than five years. You know, most people are new. I mean, such a fast growing company, just the nature of that, you know, the vast majority of employees are, of course, going to be newer. But I'm looking for the ones that have been here for like more than five years. I feel like I can get a, a unique perspective from them, maybe. Go ask that steering wheel engineer when he thinks that he's got to find a new job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's going to have a more traditional steering wheel, the uh, semi. Not going to have the yoke or anything. And it's yeah. going to be, it's not going to be steered by wire. It's going to be wire. It's going to be some kind of hybrid or something. So, yeah. Mechanical gotcha. steering. We got Alexandra back. Um, Alexandra, we have Emmett at the event. Do you want to ask him any questions while, while we have him? How was the drive up, Emmett? There was snow, right? Yeah, terrible, apparently. We drove up last night um, to, right before the snowstorm started, and it was fine because we drove late before. It just started kind of precipitating oh, as we were getting there. And, uh, yeah, but for a lot of people, I understand it's right now the conditions are really bad, so we're trying to get back to the Bay Area is very, it's going to be very tricky. Yeah. And so at the moment, all you see are semis, semis right? No, no Cybertrucks or any other pro uh, products around? No, I mean, they have uh, the other, the Model Y, Model X behind me on display, the Model 3, you know, traditional. Um, the, yeah, they have the, the I guess, the, the regular cars here. Um, okay. This is the only spot we were supposed to take photos or videos of what I'm standing here. Um, but they do, did have plaid test drives they're giving out. Um, and then there was one spot that was like a photo op or something where you could stand in like a weird little uh, cavern and take a photo or something. But other than that, it's supposed to be like no, no cameras. And, and how many photos. people do you feel were invited? Is it like 100, 500, thousands? Mm, I mean, I'd say here there are probably... 500 to 1500 people somewhere in that neighborhood here okay. um and i would say a third of them are employees a mix, you know uh, and uh i would say of the people who are not employees a large amount of them are like customers or from businesses that are, represent customer you know and, and so, so you're what you're inside the factory or you're in a hangar or who you're where's this it's taking the uh, it's the production facility for the tesla semi the manufacturing line so like inside the factory, right? Yeah, but it's not the it's not the main gig in Nevada factory. That thing is a, a quarter mile away or something. It's not far, but it's like just behind the hills, behind these big buildings. This and these big been, buildings are for the set plus the semi. You've been in Austin. Does it in any way? I mean, I know it's much smaller, but does it in any way resemble to the way Austin was equipped and 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 set up? Yeah, I was explaining uh, that it's sort of like the the walk through they have to teach you about it is similar to the um event they had for the austin grand opening where they had you walk through the whole factory and teach you different steps they're doing manufacturing techniques they're doing or whatever it's sort of similar but a much more miniature miniaturized version of that for the mm -hmm. tesla semi here so we learned some interesting things about um the batteries and, uh, and stuff but um yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm curious. I'm, I'm gonna get going in a minute because I want to go over to the stage area where Elon is gonna be presenting. For sure. There's a VIP area kind of in the center. It doesn't look like they're really checking. I was thinking about just like walking up there, seeing if I can. 
Yeah. Yeah. See anyone important? See anyone important? You, you know, you are come on, on the board. Peppers, bro. Come I'm gonna on, find man. Robin Denholm and say, authorize the share buyback now. Yes, please. <laughs> say it's coming from Alexandra. Tell her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We put we put uh, we're putting Emmett on a on a job today. We're gonna see exactly. if, uh, if he can get us a. Uh, we can see if we can. See, we're gonna see if he can get us a buyback, and then we're also gonna see if he can get us a uh, some stream time with uh, with Elon yeah. as well. So if you can exactly grab what him. the heck about mission to Mars? Yeah. This is mission to buyback. Do it, Emmett. <laughs> <laughs> I know I should do that. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, so, I'm gonna let you go, Emmett. I know you want to go make it to the. Go ahead, Nico. Maybe one last. Yeah, yeah. one last shout yeah. out here. Yeah. One one quick question, Emmett. You said that you're talking about the the battery. Is it 2170? Uh, I can't tell to be honest. I, I'm not sure. I didn't, they didn't specify that in any of the, the text I was reading. So, yeah, yeah. I couldn't quite tell. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Okay. Uh, keep us updated. Awesome. If you see yeah. anybody important, let us know. Yeah. I will. I will let you know. On afterwards too, just to if we're still on, you're more sure. than welcome to come. I'll up. check yeah. the YouTube and see if you're on, and I'll jump and, on. And get us Elon for an interview. Yeah. Yes, just, Elon. Yeah. It's perfect time. There's barely anybody there today. I consider that done. Sorry. That's, yeah, no uh, that's, that's, Good yeah, for that's, you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Emmett. All right, guys. Appreciate good chat. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. Take it easy, man. Bye. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah. Appreciate you. Go get the work. <laughs> um, get the work. Is you got better, stuff my, to do. Is, it, yeah. is my sound better or is it still delayed? Yeah, it's perfect. Way better. Okay. Yeah. Good. It was Sorry OBS. I'm pretty sure it was OBS. Um, producer wife, I muted the, uh, the uh, live stream thing because I think there was music coming from it. If I unmute it, yeah, I think you turned it on. Perfect. Um, I wasn't sure what it was coming from. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us. 3,500 people. I think this is a new record. May have been for this stream. Thank you so much for joining us. Let us know where you're from in the comments. We're joined by Nicholas Gibbs, Alexander Mertz, uh, two experts in the Tesla uh, field. They understand Tesla really well. They're probably the most uh well-versed people you'll ever meet in your life okay we have nicholas oh gibbs God. and alexander mertz here <laughs> there you go nicholas what are you drinking now looks like an old-fashioned it's no nah, it's a uh a 25 year old whiskey that i've never Ooh. opened i got it for my 30th birthday so a couple years ago wow. and i saw i wasn't gonna have a drink at all i was just gonna drink water right i was on the cory diet i literally was just gonna drink water <laughs> have water here I have water here. And then I saw Farzal with the wine. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to uh, do anything. And then Emmett talked about, yeah, there's some cocktails over here. I'm like, oh, that's it. I gave. That's how it always starts, It didn't starts, take man. much, right? It didn't <laughs> no, take much. No. Well, I'm going to pour myself a, a second glass here. Alexander, you're drinking anything with us tonight? Not yet. Not yet. Maybe not, a little bit later. Yet. You know, it's California. It's 4.50. It's still quite early. So. Oh, wow. It's 5 and did you somewhere. See and did uh did cindy see the pictures i sent her for the coca-cola trucks and actually i was wrong it's not toyota it's uh renault that uh, gave them their electric trucks yeah i think i, I sent it producer wife i i sent it to the uh to the private chat uh if you want to pull that up um and then while you do that i'll pull up this uh, super chat here by buck uh, buck thank you so much for the ten dollar super chat thank you all so much for your super chats uh math quiz if tesla semi can haul eighty two thousand pounds here we go and mary barra's ev strategy is one thousand pounds per good decision how much remaining weight can semi haul after loading mary's strategy answer eighty two thousand pounds <laughs> thank you well done buck this was the probably the best math quiz i've ever seen in my life that's funny thank you buck. <laughs> and Long i love when the answer is straight away there <laughs> yeah <laughs> here's the answer 
Um, mm. We're five minutes away from the event. Yeah. Uh, very excited. Let's check this out here before uh, before we switch over. Coca-Cola Company will now make local deliveries in Belgium with 30 electric uh, Renault. 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 You're getting there. <laughs> trucks. Thank you. Uh, E-Tech. The Belgian bottler, uh, bottler is investing in long-term sustainability. I love these these uh, these uh, words and cutting a new uh, annual CO two emissions by seventy five percent. Let's pull up some of these uh, very Pictures. old looking trucks. <laughs> is right. They're yeah. old fashioned, right? You know, yeah. Tesla's got a problem. Oh, a cable. These are sexy. A real I mean, look problem. at it. It looks like a dragon up top. Go back to that previous one. Look at that top. What is on? That looks like a dragon. Like like. All right, I watched yeah, like right? Game of Thrones, but it looks like a yeah. They needed to add a sun shield or something like that. And look mm -hmm. at those exterior mirrors. How many are there? One, two, three. This is cool. It's like lidar. The more, the better. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody knows the more, the like better. Like on a reindeer, this, right? Oh. Like, look at just how <laughs> they just look. Um, is it like a reindeer? <laughs> that that needs to be a meme. It needs to be Rudolph with a lidar on his nose. <laughs> That's a good one. That's how they find the chimneys, bro. Come yeah. on now. Yeah, um, and I mean, just just think of that when you see later on the semis, how they are slick and mean and and aerodynamic, and you see these old style cubes. I mean, this is horrible. It's not a good look for Coca Cola, right? So, like, so what I'm envisioning is somebody that's, um, I don't know, maybe, uh, how do I say, um, values aesthetics or values things things that look really cool you take mm. that picture and you put it side by side so producer wife pull up a picture of a, of a tesla semi here uh before we go to the live stream um and just side by side right you see that picture and then you see the tesla semi that pepsi is going to be uh running with and then it just they just look like a world of a difference just just mm. looking at it one looks old school one looks new school so i wonder if now mm. there's going to be this thing where pepsi is now new school because they've attached themselves to the brand that's sort of pushing the boundaries and, and pushing towards things that look really cool. And then Coca-Cola is like, hey, check out our, our electric cars. Like, come on, mm -hmm. look at the difference, right? It's just, it, yeah. it looks oh. like two completely different things. Well, it looks yeah, like an alien spaceship. Yeah, like everything. Yeah. And you just want to have it, right? Yeah. Which color do you what? want if you could have one for free? Red. Red? Yeah. Uh, I, think... I think I want the black. Ooh, I, I I need to see all the colors before I decide. Silver looks good too, though, right? Yeah. All right. Ooh. I think. Oh, look at that. That's sexy. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, you it said is. it like so, like honestly, like it came from your heart. <laughs> I was about to say, like, I have no idea how I just came off. Like sometimes I forget we're like on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you came off in the best way possible. Let's just say that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> See, even the matte black one looks sick, right? Yeah. I like love the, it. Like the Absolutely love it. I, I would like really an RV on the black one. Oh my god. Yeah. So, now, so. all right. Two two quick things. Um, one, I know we're kind of making fun of Coca Cola and all that, but like you know, sh shout out to Renault for for what they're doing because this is the whole point, right? This is the whole mission is to get people doing this. And Tesla can't True. do it alone. So, you know, I mean, even if we don't like the aesthetics of it or whatever, and even if it doesn't work well, and even they have the silly charger instead of, you know, going the Tesla way, you know, it, it's great to see that. But the other yeah. thing I want to bring up is uh, we got three minutes left. Yes or no? No, no, no. They're alive. They're alive. They're alive. All right. Let's go ahead. Oh, pull it up. Well, I was going to ask, are we going to start on time? Yes or no? 
I think so, yes. <laughs> For sure. After yesterday. I oh, we got our works, boy. Right? Look at that. Oh, perfect timing, Yashu. Yashu. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Hi, guys. Uh, I was watching the stream for a little bit, but I can't can't hang out for long today. But uh, I promised that I would come on for a little bit. So appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. How's the event going? uh, The pre waiting room so far? It's been fun, man. We've been just hanging out. We had Emmett, our uh, our um, what is our satellite correspondent, who volunteered (laughs) to go in the correspondent. (laughs) <laughs> yeah from uh he, he's at the event so he brought um yeah he just took a video and kind of gave us the vibe check it looks like there's a lot of folks that are not there and for those yeah. that are just joining us we're two minutes away from the event as soon as we hit uh seven o'clock central eight o'clock eastern uh six o'clock pacific five o'clock pacific excuse me uh we'll bring up the stream uh here so uh, don't go anywhere we got you um but yeah we've been uh we had Emmett kind of give us a vibe check of what was going on over there. And uh, it seemed like a lot of folks are not making it to the event because there's a snowstorm uh, mm. that's happening around the area. So it might be a little bit more subdued. Funny you say that. I just spent like the last little bit shoveling snow here. Uh, yeah, like Vancouver, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like black ice everywhere. I almost fell like four times on my face today. It's just, oh. uh, yeah, it's crazy out here. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I guess you can't really be Canadian unless you're talking about snow. So I'll take it. <laughs> that's amazing man what what do you think is going to happen here what do do you think we're going to see well i saw your tweet today about do you think there's an unveiling and that kind of got my my gears turning a little bit but i'm just excited overall to see there's still a lot of disbelief i think in the community not maybe the tesla community but like the general trucking community that it can be 500 miles with load on it like it it seems like i'm not sure if you guys have already talked about this but it seems like no one really kind of believes that those kind of specs are real yet so I'd be very interested to know like their demo, how long they ran it, like how many test drives have they had on it and what's like the expected range in the winter and stuff like that. So that that's kind of what I'm most excited for. Uh, what's the consensus with you guys? Do you guys think there's an unveiling or something exciting today other than that? I don't. I mean, Nikola obviously does. I, I think they're just going to deliver the semis and, and, you know, discuss the specs of the trucks and, and how many orders they have now and whatever. And I think that's good enough. I honestly yeah. don't expect much more, but Nikola is hyping us up. Do it again, Nikola. My, my, my heart, my heart says there's going to be one of these times we're going to get another one more thing moment. But my brain says probably not. Just enjoy the moment for what it is. But I can't, I can't, I can't not listen to my heart. Mm. I'm on the same boat. Eternally yeah. over optimistic, uh, ready for disappointment. But we're still going to see a badass product. <laughs> That's really what I'm, what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I know it's. Isn't it kind of crazy how long it's been since the unveiling? And like it's like the Cybertruck, of course, is not here yet. Of um, yet next year will be, but. Man, I'm just excited for like six months' time us talking about the Cybertruck and Billy event as well. And like people going to that and the first deliveries. Like it's just around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, so excited. It's been a it's been a long time since Elon's like pulled something out of his hat. I mean, Plaid Day, people thought something was gonna happen. Berlin, Austin, shareholder meeting. Uh, I mean like AI. like it's been a while. AI day. Oh, come yeah. On. Oh, come on, we're having right. we're having no, I, I, animation actually, to I take that back. Else. I take that back. I, I just lied. I take that back. Optimus was a one more thing when that they unveiled go. that. So I take that there back. You go. Now I have a question technically, Paza. Do you plug into the YouTube or the Twitter stream of uh, Tesla now? 
because you know they you... they transmitted both on YouTube and on Twitter now. I believe producer wife has the YouTube version. Uh, okay. Up right now, yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's more prudent because I, let's see whether the probably higher quality too. Because I think yeah. I think the Twitter live stream this is being live streamed on Twitter as well. So this this instance I'm pushing it to Twitter, mm -hmm. and typically the YouTube one has a higher quality video yeah. and audio for now. Um, until Elon gets okay. uh, gets his hands in there, some I'm curious to see what they do there. I'm very excited about that, honestly. Yeah, uh, the video platform, right on Twitter. Uh, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw his notification. He's like going live on Twitter. I was like, oh, is this like the unveiling of like a video platform? It's way better than the old one. They all, like the the one that they have right now sucks in my opinion. It's just so laggy and like. But I mean, I think it's just Periscope's legacy platform on Twitter. That's all it is. Mm. But. I mean, I'm very excited. I know Farzad as well about like monetization for creators on Twitter. That's going to be big. Yeah, mm. it's going to be huge. It's it's really going to be the. What was I thinking about a couple of days ago, man? Like, okay, so you know how like you have long form content on YouTube, like say a podcast or something, and as a as a creator, you have like these spikes and valleys in your analytics that say, hey, this is like where most people liked your thing. This is where most people like stayed on to watch your thing. It's it's the place where they dropped a comment. Like, why can't Twitter or anybody, YouTube, if you're listening to this, send that one minute before and one minute after, send it to me with like the same tags I have on the video as a clip and then have me just sign off on it as a clip and just hit, let me hit publish. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if Twitter yeah. can make something like that where the creator Agree. can make their no workload. Whatsoever. There's no support exactly. whatsoever. It sucks, it's crazy. kind of. And I mean, yeah. and those comments with those stupid, you know, WhatsApp <laughs> no, numbers and whatever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll say right now for anybody who comments on my videos, if you see me comment less, it's it's because of that. Like I can't keep up with the spam bots. Like it's ridiculous. <sighs> It is. It's so I, hard to build a community yeah. on YouTube. It really is. Yeah. It's it's yeah. so difficult. And I'm of course very grateful. Obviously, we're here, all, all four of us hanging out on YouTube. So obviously they have an amazing product, but mm -hmm. it can be so much better if they just clean up the, that comment section and maybe do some innovative stuff on the creator side. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, and the painful. comments are just not interactive enough, right? The, the, yeah. If you, if the person who puts it up likes it, that's known, but all the other likes, nobody knows who it is. When there is a second comment, they vanish. I mean, they, they stay there, but you have to click on replies and open it up. And then the other one, it, there's just no interaction there that, that that's easy. It's so old style. It's crazy. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Um, Even if I could like Elon edit in mass. Five oh, go ahead. oh, yeah, sorry. Wow. Elon said five no. minutes. So we're about to get started no. in five minutes. Go ahead. Good. No, I was just gonna say, like, even if I could just like, like, you know, in your emails, you can like edit in mass in volume. Yeah. Like, if I could just do that, where I could just like select, 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 and then delete, but I can't, I have to yeah. do like one at a time. One and, are you sure? Yeah. Or is this span? It's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I just can't believe it because Google has all this money. They're working on new products that they never release, whatever. Nobody seems to care about improving YouTube. It's just, it's been like that for ages. Nothing's happening. Absolutely nothing's happening. Yeah. It's painful. So, Let's, yeah. uh, do you guys think Elon's going to have a dance at this event? Somebody <laughs> just said Elon dancing. Do you think do that's going to happen? Do a poll, do a poll, do yeah. a poll. producer wife. Will Elon dance at the event? I think he Probably has to. Her, yes. Yeah, yes, I think he does. Well, no, I think he dances. I think he dances at the new Giga Factory location next. Not today. 
not today. So who do you we'll think? See. Where do you, where do you all think the next Giga will be announced? When or where, Alexander? Both. Uh, so right, let me guess what Yash is going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Am I that predictable? All right, guess. guess no, no, I'm with you. I think it's going to be Canada and South Korea. So I'm with you. Like I, okay. I think you're right. The signs seem to be more than obvious now. Yeah, but you know what? Today, I heard, uh, what was that headline I saw? Um, Volkswagen is looking to open up the EV factory up here in Canada as well. I didn't read into it mm -hmm. yet, but what, what is up with everyone uh, all of a sudden piggybacking on Canada here? I mean, it's great for our economy. I'm just uh, wondering what changed in the last little bit. so damn nice. I think mm -hmm. it's the exchange rate. for everything. Probably. True. The exchange rate is helping, for sure. Yeah. Sorry for yeah. and And the location, <laughs> right? Like the location, proximity to the U.S., you right, mean the snow? Just... You mean being buried half the year? <laughs> that, that, that is a myth. I'll, I'll have you know that right now. I got to defend my brethren. <laughs> it, it happened yesterday, right? <laughs> okay, well, to be, the, the, I mean, this is why it's a big deal for us. It snows like once or twice a year. It's getting worse with, global, with climate change, to be fair. It, it's way more snow than it used to be, but it, we're kind of like the California of Canada here in Vancouver, so. Vancouver, yes, mm. but I mean, they want to go... Quebec or I don't know where, yeah. where it's snowing where it's snowing months and months right true true I think Ontario I, they had their sights on I, I, yeah. I I'd be stoked but you know what guys I'm not so bullish on them talking about a new gigafactory by the end of the year like I was a couple months ago I feel like we would have heard more about it by now if it was imminent yeah, or, or if it was December. closer yeah mm -hmm. exactly like and holiday season coming up and like if you guys remember last time it was between Tulsa and Austin and leading up to it every week or every other day, there was like a new headline about this, you know, this governor is giving them this or this mayor is giving mm. this special treat. So they were really publicly using leverage in the media to to essentially better their position, which I think is great. We're not really yeah. seeing that. It's kind of in the background. So I'm not yeah. entirely sure if that is leading towards a imminent announcement by the end of the year or Maybe in the first quarter, even. But and, and there have been. Oh, what are you showing us? You're showing me the what blue one. It's a Pepsi Tesla semi. Oh, good. But yes, but I'm yes. with you, Yeshu. I I feel there is not much happening, and it's actually funny. You feel as if he is country hopping, like Canada. Then it was Mexico. Then it was Indonesia. Now he had that talk in mm. South Korea, and so every time everybody goes, okay, this is the Maya. But you have no idea because he could be country hopping in two weeks ago, right? Yeah. And and, and start all over again. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I'm I'm quite excited, though. I mean, in general, that Canada's in the conversation at the very mm -hmm. least, because I mean, I mean, that's a step for us, anyways. Like, I, I'm looking forward for the next like you know 20 to 50 years of this revolution. Like, it's going to be a big monumental step for us to have some sort of an EV manufacturing industry up here. So, yeah, yeah I'm excited. But yeah, there are union issues as well. I see someone in the comments saying that. You know, of course. That's kind of with everywhere, mm. to be fair. So, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. what? Do, I mean, they but, went to Germany despite union. So, yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, they didn't go to France. So I give you that. I mean, so they're that, in California. No, exactly. They're in California. True. That would have been like going to France. You see. Farzad, <laughs> uh, are you bullish by the end of the year on an announcement on that? I think. I think it's still. Yeah, I am. Honestly, I am. Really? Okay. Because. Because the there is teasing by like Franz, for example, he was on a um, interview with CNBC. I think it was yesterday, where he teased the the new product, right? The new car. 
Right. I mean, maybe maybe it happens when that gets unveiled. I don't know, man. It's like it's weird to think about because if you if you think about Austin and Berlin, they're not even really close to being fully ramped. Yeah. So mm. so maybe that's the thought process. They're saying, you know what, we can squeeze a lot more production out of these two factories. So there's no need for us to announce a new Gigafactory until maybe the mm. we unveil the new product. Right. So the twenty five thousand mm-hmm. or thirty thousand dollar car, because obviously that is going to need its own uh facility or its own process because it's going to be manufactured in the millions of units per year you know three to mm-hmm. six million of units per year and so you know hey here's a twenty five thousand dollar car oh and by the way we're opening up two new gigafactories in uh, canada and uh, south korea and uh, austin we're going to expand to also do the twenty five thousand dollar car production will start uh, end of 2024 mass produced by 2025 and this is the robo taxi platform that's borrowed from this car. Like that's, I think that's where we're at now. Um, hmm. What do you guys think? Am I, how am I, am I thinking about that incorrectly? What do you guys think about that? Mm. Any thoughts? I just sent to producer wife um, a picture from Xander with the Pepsi truck. If she wants to pull that up. Right. Uh, sure. On, yeah. on her uh, DM? On her DM, yes. Okay. Yeah. For Twitter. I, I sent both of them to you, Farzad, on your Twitter. I sent, there's a Frito one and a Pepsi one. Okay, got it. Um, but oh, I, I, I kind of agree with you as far as them not or not announcing because I mean I don't know how the last ones were announced. Were they announced just Elon tweeting? Like I, I don't remember anymore. It was announced the day before quarter two earnings in twenty twenty, uh, I believe, Austin, and then it was officially announced in the earnings call, I believe. Okay, well, mm-hmm. so yeah, maybe that that pans out for this year. Oh, here we go. Oh. All right, guys, have fun. I'm going to sign off. I'll watch this. Right, Yash. You see him, Yash. Much love. Take Thank care. you for stopping in. Uh-oh. Here we go. The much oh, love was for me, just to let you in. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet myself. All right. Me too. Me too. Crank it up. How he always does the like the hand thing. <laughs> hey, everyone. Hey. All right, welcome to Sparks Nevada, uh, site of the Tesla Gigafactory and our Tesla Semi Truck uh, Factory as well. So, uh, yeah, I can't believe it's been five years. Um, 
So we, we, we unveiled the Tesla Semi uh, five years ago. Um, been a lot that's happened since then, to say the least. Um, so we were incredibly excited tonight to actually deliver our first production Tesla Semi trucks. And it's, it's right next door to the uh, uh, Giga Nevada, uh, our Giga factory here, which produces the uh, most number of battery cells in North America. Uh, it produces our uh, drive units um, and uh, battery packs. And uh, yeah, so I'd, I'd just like to just start off by giving a, a big hand to the, the Tesla Giga factory team and the Tesla semi truck team. It's like. <laughs> So, I, and I think you've, you've had a chance to tour the production line. So, cool, right? Um, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to actually delivering our first production trucks to uh, PepsiCo. So this is gonna be fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and also a huge thank you to all of our other customers. I mean, a lot's happened in the last five years and our customers have been super loyal and supportive and you know, stuck with us and been a huge part of our development and we're excited to show everything that we've been doing off to everybody tonight. Great, so let's get started. Yeah, so. Yeah, sorry for the delay. Um, so uh, it's been like <laughs> sheer number, sheer amount of drama between this, this is the last that five years ago and now is insane. Um, a lot has happened in the world, but uh, here we are, and it's real, so. Yeah, we threw a great party a few, few years back and uh, trying to do a similar thing here tonight. And you know, Tesla's been growing like crazy. I mean, you know, everybody here has been you know, contributing towards the growth and unveiling awesome products and really scaling us to the point that now we can actually work on Semi, and we're really excited to do that. But We've been working a little bit on the background, close to the chest, you know, right level of priority, but you know, made a lot of progress, incorporated a lot of things um, that we're gonna talk about. And at the end of the day, we have not wavered from our mission to build the most compelling, greatest class eight truck in history. So we're gonna keep putting our foot forward to do that. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. So uh, you know, people might wonder why build a semi-truck? Because um, if you look at the actual unit volume, it's, it's small compared to passenger vehicles. So for passenger vehicles, you know, there's on the order of uh, almost 100 million that are sold every year. And whereas semi-trucks, it's uh, like you know, four, four or 500,000. Not even, yeah, it's a couple hundred thousand class A trucks a year. Globally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, 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 sorry, that's US. US. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's so there's, it, in the, so the, in the U.S. there's it's probably like 15 million passenger vehicles and a couple hundred thousand semi trucks. So it seems like a small percentage, but uh, it's actually 20% of U.S. vehicle emissions because you, you've got a huge vehicle and it's being driven uh, all the time. So when you factor in the, the number of hours driven and the, the weight that it's carrying, it's actually although it's only 1% of vehicle production, it's 20% of vehicle emissions, uh, and it's uh, over a third. Of, of all the particulate emissions. So from a sort of health standpoint, particularly in like cities, this is a huge uh, impact, like gigantic. So um, that's why we're doing it, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, this is this is really core to our mission. And you know, to, to Elon's point, there's a lot of heavy trucks that are deployed in dense urban areas. And so the communities that are around freeways, a lot of where these trucks are domiciled are going to really benefit, particularly from the particular emissions reductions, and then you know, just trying to reduce emissions globally. Every truck that we put on the road that replaces a diesel truck is a huge amount of leverage. And so that's, that is why we're doing this and makes a huge difference towards driving us towards our total mission of sustainable energy and transportation. Yeah, I think maybe a lot of people don't realize it's actually quite, like, you know, quite unhealthy to be living next to a highway with, with diesel trucks, FYI. <laughs> so um, so be, being able to make them electric is just going to be, uh, just in, in addition to sort of climate change and, and uh, global warming matters, um, it's, it's also quiet and it's, it's going to improve the quality of your air and it will actually just fundamentally improve the health of people living near freeways, which is obviously a super big deal. So, yeah, if anybody's been woken up at a, a noisy truck delivering in the morning, you know, the, the quiet will definitely be very welcome. I, I know I will appreciate that. Yeah. So, um, so we're aiming to cover all, ma all major forms of transport. Uh, it's just consistent with the Tesla mission because sometimes I get asked, like, well, you know, shouldn't a Tesla just produce, like, uh, you know, fast cars or, or premium cars or whatever? It's like, but, but what's our actual mission? Our actual mission is to accelerate the advent of sustainable energy. So um, that's why we're making this wide range of cars that don't really make sense from a brand standpoint, I guess, traditionally, but they make total sense when you consider what's the mission of the company. The mission of the company is to accelerate sustainable energy. And so it's, it's super consistent with that goal. Um, and uh, really a, a crucial piece of the puzzle. And, and that's why we're doing it. Yeah, and I mean, Elon, you first laid this out in Master Plan Part Deux. And you know now we're here to actually make it happen, and you know everything from the mission side, along with reducing the cost of cargo transport, and also make it fun. I mean, we want to make the truck an awesome driving experience. You know, make it kick ass for the drivers. Yeah, I mean, it, lo it looks sick. I mean, look at that. <laughs> I mean, you want to drive that? I mean, that thing looks like it came from the future. It, I mean, it, it drives like a, it, it's, like, it's like driving a, you know, a, a Tesla, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, it's fun, it looks awesome, and you know, there's, there's, there's actually a big shortage of drivers, and so if you're a, a truck driver and you want the, the most badass rig on the road, this is it. So. So. Yeah, that's it, it's a beast. Um, so, uh, you know, at Tesla, we don't make slow cars. Uh, we don't make this, this thing has crazy power relative to a, a diesel truck. Uh, I mean, actually, especially if you, if you don't have, if you're not towing anything, you could zip around like, it, it looks crazy, basically. It looks like an elephant moving like a cheetah. It doesn't look right, frankly. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's, this is, this is not sluggish in the least. It's, it's fast. Uh, it's fast to accelerate, it's, it's uh, fast to brake. It's really a step change improvement in uh, what it's like to drive a semi-truck. Um, yeah, well, we've got three yeah. times the power. Three times the power than any diesel truck on the road right now. So you've got all the work, all the power you need to get the job done. But the other reason that it's a beast is because it's also efficient. And you, know, you can go 500 miles on a single charge on one of these things. So it's the mix of those two that this is why this is a game changer. And what's awesome is both of those are enabled by 
our new 1,000-volt powertrain, which is the first vehicle that we're doing with that. And don't worry, there'll be some more things, more vehicles coming with that. But uh, this is going to be uh, a game changer because of all the awesome innovations that have happened you know, behind the scenes and you know, under the hood, so to speak. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So we're obviously leveraging, leveraging a ton of stuff that we've already done. So we've got, uh, well, it's now probably 51 billion miles driven. I don't know, because more every, every day. Um, so we're, we're using our existing drive units, power electronics, uh, infotainment, uh, the, our super efficient uh, heat pump uh, HVAC system, uh, and uh, state-of-the-art inverters. So we're able to leverage uh, the existing uh, powertrain and uh, elements that are already made at volume uh, in order to uh, achieve ex extreme efficiency of, of cost and ca uh, capability. So. Yeah, and it also means we get to leverage all the reliability that the active car fleet is doing. So we're accumulating all these miles, getting a ton of demonstrated learnings into the field. And we're going to go and put all these trucks into the world and get a lot of learnings as well. But we're coming off of a great launching pad with everything that's done in the rest of our products already. And it's also enabled because you know, Tesla's got this full vertical integration on the software and the hardware side. So the teams that are working together to put all that together into one package, this is a huge win you know, for all of our products, but particularly Semi. Uh, lots of hardcore testing. So, I mean, one of the things about a, a commercial truck is that the reliability has to be extremely high. So it's got to, got to be running continuously, can't break down. Uh, it's got to handle every kind of weather. Uh, uptime is, is super important for any kind of semi-truck. So we've, we've tested durability in every kind of weather, every kind of environment. Um, I mean, you could, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, so even just, we've driven Donner, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment, but we've been through hot, cold, snow, rain. We've been putting this thing through all its paces in the lab as well as in the real world. You know, the simulation team has been doing an incredible job of being able to scale all of that you know, in the uh, virtual side. And the other thing is that we're gonna take these and we're gonna put our money where our mouth is. And we're gonna put these on into our own fleet, into our own supply chain. And we're gonna use this to transport goods between our factories and our suppliers because we believe in it, not just from a mission perspective and a cost perspective, but because we wanna close that feedback loop. We gotta get that learning as fast as we can. We want it straight from the drivers, we want it straight from the service techs that are working on it. We're gonna take all that data that's coming in and continue to refine the product to make it better, just like we do on the car side. Yeah, exactly. So to be clear, like we're, these semi trucks are, are running 24/7 between our, uh, Sparks, uh, technically in Sparks, not Reno, but uh, most people think of it as Reno, Reno, Reno Sparks, uh, and, and Tahoe. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is technically the uh, called the Tahoe Reno Industrial Complex or Trick. Um, now, there's an in interesting backstory about uh, why it's called that. Very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Tell us. The, 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 Tesla using the trucks continuously day and night uh, between um, here and Fremont and, and back again uh, is, is going to be, uh, is an, a great test of the vehicle uh, and will give us a great feedback loop for continuing to improve the product. So my click is sort of not working. There we go. <laughs> All right. So yeah, um, we've got a tri-motor uh, powertrain system. So and they're we're using the uh, carbon overwrap sleeve. So essentially, we're using the the, the, the plaid uh, 
Model S, Model X uh, powertrain. Uh, and, um, but it, we're, we're and, and, and actually enabling the two of the drive units to actually disconnect uh, yeah. so that they're not uh, free spinning. Uh, so yeah. the efficiency is actually much greater in cruise. Yeah, this is really unique. I mean, we're going with a tri-motor system. One of them is constantly engaged, so that's for maximum efficiency. You're getting on the highway, that's doing the bulk of the work, and it's operating at the peak efficiency point of the entire drivetrain. And then the other two units are for torque and acceleration. So when the driver needs it to get their job done, whether that's you know, getting out of a loading dock or it's on the road they need to pass somebody, you're tackling a grade, you have the torque and power to do it. And the cool thing is that these are clutched automatically, so no driver input needed, but it's also seamless. So the highway efficiency unit is cruising along, doing its thing, and if the driver puts their foot to the floor, the torque unit spin up, clutch engages, and takes over, and it does all of that before we've maxed out the torque on the efficiency unit, so it's completely smooth. There's no turbo lag or jerkiness or anything like that. No driver input needed. It's smooth, both in terms of acceleration and deceleration for regen. It's uh, really cool happening all behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, what I find actually really wild about this is that uh, you can have a, a truck um, which is 82,000 pounds, and uh, by the way, the reason we can actually do 82,000 pounds is that there's a 2,000 pound extra uh, that's allowed by law for electric trucks. So you get a little bit of a uh, advantage on the uh, on the on the weight side, um, but you can you can basically pull 82,000 uh, pounds uh, on at cruise using and the only thing that's doing that is a tiny little motor like on one axle. Well, that big, well, football size, maybe. Yeah, yeah you can yeah. carry it. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like a you know. I mean, you you can check it in your luggage. Good luck doing that with a diesel engine. And one of those is more powerful than a diesel. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. Just that one little guy is is more powerful than a regular diesel engine on, on a on a semi truck. Um, but it just I find it like amazing that this enormous thing can be pulled by something that you could carry in your hands. It's like wow, that's power density. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, and then in terms of you know, we're putting this to use in the real world. Yeah. So that, that truck's clocking it at 82. That, that's weighing 82,000 pounds. And when you see that pass shot again, you'll notice, you'll notice that speedometer is climbing. You know, we're going 6% and accelerating up that grade. This is, yeah, this is where it comes in. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's like driving a, a normal car, not like driving a truck. Um, it's just that you're you're moving 82,000 pounds. Yeah, um, yeah. So and, a, any highway grade you come across, you can tackle at speed. Yeah. You know, there's no compromise. No slowdown. Nope. And the other beauty is that you've got all this power going up, but you also have it going down. And what that means is you've got regenerative braking. So rather than using a jake brake or engine braking like a diesel truck does, where you have to worry about hitting your shifts. If you miss a gear, you're onto your brakes and potentially in a runway situation. You don't have to worry about any of that. There's no shifting, no nothing. And so the regen recaptures all that energy as you're going down these grades. But on top of it, it also is a safer system for not just the driver, but everybody on the road because there's no gear to miss. Yeah. I mean, just it's worth reemphasizing that point. Um, because it's an electric uh, drivetrain, when it goes downhill, you actually, or when you slow down, it recaptures um, the energy of motion or the energy of, 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 of height. The, the potential kinetic energy are largely recaptured. Uh, whereas for a diesel truck, that's not possible. You can't just you know, create diesel. So it, it, you just end up heating brakes. 
and and then your brakes overheat and you can't use them and then it's actually quite it's pretty dangerous because you the brakes stop working yeah that's why you have runaway truck ramps yeah yeah and it's funny because so if for any of you that have ever driven i80 and driven donner there's a mandatory brake check stop for trucks down by emigrant gap we've done this and it's really funny because we'll go over the grade we'll come down and we just kind of pull to the side and we're like well there's nothing to check we've never used the things and we just keep driving yeah yeah and we get to the bottom of the hill we have cold brakes yeah <laughs> that's like mind-blowing in the trucking world so it's like insane basically uh, and, and you yeah, so that's a huge deal so it's, it's really worth emphasizing that that's a significant safety improvement for the truck driver and for other people on the road um, and and the we also have um, excellent traction control because the precision of an electric motor is vastly better than a, a diesel engine. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of got like the, I'm not trying to think of the right analogy here, but like it's got the precision of like a, a laser printer. <laughs> it's not great. It's, it's like really precise. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, so, and and the, the reaction is, uh, uh, so it's like you don't have to worry about, uh, tra tra like traction control is awesome. It's got, uh, it's automatically stopping the, the, the truck from jackknifing. It's doing all this safety stuff uh, in the background that just isn't possible with uh, regular diesel trucks. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a step change in technology in, 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 in so many ways. Um, yeah, and the tight integration with the software team that we have here really makes that happen because it means that we could take all that uh, the precision and actually put it to use. You know, it's not some tie-in of some third-party powertrain. No, this is all in-house. As we do this really neat um, you know, chassis control work at the brake level, the traction control level. We integrate with our uh, total stability control system and make sure that the driver you know, has a lot of confidence, but also has everything they need to stay on the road. It's going to be a, it's a really nice, t uh, neat, integrated uh, package overall in terms of you know, software and control, and it's totally seamless to the driver, and it'll be a, a game changer in terms of safety. Yeah. So we talk power. You want to talk efficiency? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, some people out there say it can't be done. Um, I don't know who might say that, but uh, <laughs> I've heard rumors. Um, and uh, so we just did it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we're going to post the whole video unedited on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no jump cuts. <laughs> yeah, and th this wasn't you know some ultra clean, precise test track simulation or something where we you know shut down a road. Nope, this is real world. You know, this is over grapevine. This is with traffic. This is true 500 miles. You know, we were loaded just under 82k. You know, we didn't no special aero treatments. Yeah. Truck came off the line, shook it down, made it run. That's it. Yeah, there was like no fast moves here. Nope. So, to be clear, it's not like oh. And what what did, what tricks did they pull? Wait, were there actually a whole bunch of tricks we could have pulled? Yeah, and didn't. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, you know, like as Dan said, like no no special aero treatment. Uh, the oh, and by the way, we should mention there was yeah. no charging. Like we we charged yeah, the truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah we didn't have to charge. Single yes. single driver. One shot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> minor. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not like 500 miles, like with no load, with special arrow and special everything. It's like fully loaded, go, going from the Bay Area. We actually had to like go a bit north to get to, you know, actually add 
to get to 500 miles because you get, you know, uh, LA to the Bay Area is less than that. Well, we got all the way to San Diego here. So we, we, oh, okay, we, that's what we yeah. stretch out on the southern end. And uh, I mean, do you want to see on the video? I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we have the proof. Absolutely. So it's only eight hours long. So yeah, buckle in. <laughs> Don't worry, we brought lots of snacks. Yeah. But yeah. Standard trip. Down the five, up Grapevine, through LA, traffic, construction. Yeah, we got the bypass on the way station, but you know, running full 80 or just under 82, full deliveries, nothing to hide. Yeah, real, real world, it's, yeah. It's, he, he did take one restroom break for, there, there is a required mandatory 30 minute break within the first eight hours of operation. Okay. Took a small restroom break, but that was it. Yep. All right. Cool. So aerodynamic efficiency obviously matters a lot. And you can see it's, it's uh, shaped like a bullet. It's really aerodynamic. Um, and uh, that, that helps a lot. So we get to less than two kilowatt uh, hours. Two kilowatt hours a mile. Yep. So and that's the name of the game. Yes. Is efficiency there. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's really efficient uh, in every way. And uh, I mean, the team's done a lot of awesome work. I mean, we yes. we went into the wind tunnel um, with this really cool model, rolling road, the whole nine yards and pulled in a lot of learnings at all of our features from the car side that you know, give us such great real-world efficiency there. And really want to make sure that the, you know, the truck and the trailer have to work together. You know, this is a combination. This is not just the truck. If you optimize one, you actually might disrupt the whole combination. And so we spent a lot of time both you know, virtually but also in the wind tunnel to make this happen. And really some next-level engineering to uh, of everything they had to do there. And you know, it means that we've got a really efficient truck. Yeah. So. As I said, it's, a, it's as easy to drive as a Model 3. Because, like, uh, like, with basically no training, you can drive this. Um, you know, you have to think bigger when you're driving it. <laughs> uh, but it's not like, uh, it's not hard to drive. It's really easy. And we put the center, it put the seat in the center for max visibility, low floor, you can stand up in the cabin. Yeah, and that's actually like a really big deal. I mean, and, I mean you're a tall guy, Elon, like, yeah. you're able to stand up just fine. And, you know, nice thing is, is that if you're a truck driver and you're out during the day and it's, you know, it's cold, it's snowy, whatever, you can get in and this isn't a sleeper cab, this is a day cab. You can still stand up and you can you know, shed your jacket, put it on the wall, all in the comfort. You can put your coveralls on while in the cab. So if you either go do a dirty job, you can do that comfortably as opposed to being out in the elements. So that's, you know, that level of space is you know, unheard of. And we were able to do that with some pretty innovative packaging. And on top of it, there's plenty of cargo storage, you know, for drivers that need to bring any tools, other equipment along, not to mention, you know, We've got the plugins, the wireless charging, everything they need on the uh, electronic side as well. Yep. Yeah, so I've got efficiency in every aspect of the vehicle. I've got one touch a suspension dump, so you can, it's very easy to uh, attach to the trailer. Um, it saves time and money. It's uh, the fleet's more efficient than the driver's home sooner. Yeah, I mean, really, we're trying to extend the idea of this efficiency from not just while you're on the road, but into the yard as well. That's before and after, you know, the truck has done its job on the road. Because that means that, you know, drivers at the end of the day are spending less time at the yard, and they're getting home earlier. And it makes their lives easier. You know, we've got a light 
test that's easy to execute, helps with compliance. There's all these little things that uh, the design team really spent their time you know, researching. They did ride-alongs, they studied, they did all this work. It was really cool to watch them put, I mean, I think they even took like a bunch of like the various cups and put them in CAD and you'll see them like put them in various cup holder sizes and places. They'll like uh, mock up a bag. They'll do all kinds of neat stuff to understand how a driver works throughout the day. And uh, it means that they'll have a more efficient uh, experience overall. Yeah. Great. Obviously, to charge a, a truck like this quickly, you need a high-powered charger. So we developed a megawatt-class charger, as it's capable of charging at a megawatt to DC. Yeah. Um, and it's our next-generation immersive cooling, so it's, it's liquid-cooled. Uh, so you don't need like a gigantic elephant trunk of a cable. You can actually have a small small cable, and that cable delivers uh, a megawatt. Um, and uh, yeah, we've three x the current density. I mean, this is really cool stuff. I mean, we took you're actually immersing the conductor in the coolant, this water-based coolant that we have, and we're then doing some really neat isolation monitoring on the back end to ensure that it's safe and delivering that it needs to, but. It means that we can really shove a lot of current in a very, very small place. So, you know, for those that have worked uh, and charged their cars on a V3 supercharger and the cable is nice and you know maneuverable, it's the same thing here. But now we're just shoving a megawatt through it instead. So, you know, this is key for high power applications like semi. But you want to tell them, or do you want me to tell them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, going to be used for Cybertruck too. Yeah. yeah. So this is. This is coming to our superchargers uh, next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the future of transport obviously requires a sustainable energy infrastructure. So you gotta have all, all aspects of the, of the energy question answered. Uh, sustainable power generation, uh, then you've gotta store the power, and then you transfer the power to the vehicle. So. The, like the three pillars of a sustainable energy future are sustainable power generation uh, with solar and wind. Uh, I'm actually a fan of nuclear, um, <laughs> which we should support, <laughs> um, and, and uh, geothermal and many others. But things that are sustainable uh, long term, we, we, uh, you want, you want, but, but things like wind and solar are intermittent. So you have to have the battery pack to store the energy. So when the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine, you still have energy. And you can also buffer the power so you're not overloading the grid with spike loads. Yeah, and our semi-customers are actively deploying this today. And you know, we're working with them so that they have the pathway to get towards 100% you know, sustainable future. You know, but we have all of this at our disposal, you know, commercial solar and Megapack. And you know, the Megapack is great because not only can it do things like peak shaving or some of the other uh, energy modulation, but it also provides a form of redundancy and backup. I mean, if we're going to ask you know, a fleet to take on these trucks, and run them, they need to ensure that they're gonna be able to charge them and keep their fleet running and even the amount of power outage. And that's one of the things that we can do with the mega pack on site as well. So, and, and first deliveries are now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we'd just like to, to thank uh, PepsiCo uh, they've been a great partner. Uh, hey guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Um, so yeah, we, we completed our first uh, cargo run. 
with a, a very enormous amount of Frito-Lays, uh, which I th I'm sure we have a lot of them here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yesterday, we were actually able to complete our first delivery, compliments of Frito-Lay. Uh, we took a truck down to their Modesto factory from here, and one of their drivers, we delivered the truck, they took it over, and they brought back uh, a load of snacks for everybody here to enjoy tonight. Yep. So, big thanks to Kirk and Steven. Yeah. You guys, would you guys want to say anything? Yes. Okay. All right. Look. Nothing like this happens without amazing people. And so I just want to thank the people that spent countless hours to make this a reality. That's it. The people. I, that's it. I, I just want to echo. I know a lot of work went into it, and this is fantastic. We're thrilled uh, about the delivery today. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for letting us be a part of this. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Thank you so much. All right. Uh. All right. So, um, yeah. Uh, thank you all. Thank you all for coming. Uh, it's it's been a long five long journey, a long five years. Uh, but uh, this is going to really revolutionize the roads, and I think make the world a better place in a, in a meaningful way. Um, so, thank you for your support uh, through all the years. Okay. See if anything else comes up here. You may, y'all may have to turn on your volumes a little bit when we come back in. Where we're pushing the volume quite a bit for the event. Yeah, you sound good now. Wow. Okay. All right. Wow, that actually was better than I thought. It it was a little bit smoother than I thought it was going to be. Uh, as far as like how they convey the information, Dan, I think was the other gentleman that was on with with elon uh i found like was... his i found his linkedin i just send it to cindy cindy maybe you want to pull it up his name is dan Priestley. okay you just sent her to our dm on on twitter to her to her dm yes perfect all right uh yeah pull it up when you have a chance uh cindy producer wife i uh, should be in your uh mailbox in your twitter um yeah dan Priestley. So let me, should i go ahead and uh read some notes that i took while uh Mm. while uh she pulls that up and then maybe we can riff off of it is that how's mm. that sound for you guys and then we can sort of get your reaction so five years since the unveil greatest class a truck in history was quote unquote how they portrayed it it's uh semi trucks are one percent of units sold each year basically in the united states but they're 20 percent of the emission 30 percent of the particulates so from a from a per, per perspective of um pollution and trying to clean up the air the semi makes a ton of sense Here's the LinkedIn from the uh, other gentleman that was on stage with Elon. If you scroll down to his experience real quick, let's see where he's been. Senior manager, semi-truck engineering at Tesla. Zoom in for us there if you can, producer. 12 one. years. 12 years. Seasoned. Wow. Next CEO. <coughs> Excuse me. That was good there, <laughs> right? CEO. Straight on. Straight on. <laughs> Stanford. Oh, my gosh. So he's my age. That's 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 when I graduated college myself. I told so you, I, that's the beard. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be the beard, right? Um, let's see. Can you go to his experience real quick, babe? If you, um, sorry, producer wife. Oh my god, I'm so unprofessional. 
so where, how did he start as an intern at Tesla? Yeah. So two internship positions, became an engineer, then a special projects assistant, then a senior technical program manager, then a staff technical program manager, then a senior manager, semi truck engineering. Wow. So he's been at the company for a while. He started as an intern and now oh, he's seriously? running the semi truck program. How cool is that? That's wild. How freaking cool is that? And can you just go back, Man. please, Cindy? I think before that he wasn't just studying at Stanford, but I think he had a public role there. What was that? Public address announcer for Stanford for 15. No. Oh, no, 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 not for 15 years. Oh, so he probably still does that for yeah, athletic events. It. Oh, that's funny. So he was talking on the mic for public uh, for for um sports events for Stanford. That's funny. But, and yeah. oh he started that when he was studying there when he did his BS from two five but, to two nine. Okay. But that explains uh I mean we had like a little private chat we could do here with the yeah. live stream. He was at ease, kept, right? Yeah. Oh I, yeah. yeah I kept asking Farzad and Alexander like who is this guy? He's so well spoken and now we know yeah. why. <laughs> this is go. right. And, and, and this was really, I found this was the best presentation of Elon with another person. I mean, I know he's good now with the teams and whatever, but there's always this awkward moment of who answers and whatever. This guy was really good on picking up what he had left out, throwing it back to him, not saying too much, because you you do all understand they didn't talk about the batteries at all, right? We still don't know what batteries are in there. And, uh, yeah. and so they knew what they wanted to say, and they knew what they didn't want to say, and it just flew like from one to the other. Very easy, very good conversation. Yeah, they, they they did talk. So the reason I anyone knows that's 2170 is because they did talk about it during the earnings call last time. Yeah. So yeah. so that's the only reason we know anything. But I, I agree with you. The only other person I've heard talk this seamless, and yeah, I think he did a better job, but anyone who's even been this close is Drew. I haven't seen anyone yeah. else who's been just that smooth. And I don't know why I keep doing this. Is that, that Pepsi guy. <laughs> he was like, he's doing like... <laughs> yeah the the trend of elon bringing more talent to the forefront really shows just how stacked these companies are every single company he has tesla doesn't doesn't exist unless it's super overrun with amazing talent and it's obvious that this person is is one of many you know so i love this new trend of elon bringing these people forward who not who aren't just great engineers and great leaders but they're also great spokespeople for the company right it's they're very easy to listen to they fill in the gaps where elon's sort of charm and everything that's you know that's really great about them but they also add additional color you know the the presentation was very much geared towards truck drivers and it was geared mm -hmm. towards companies that want to run fleets right so they were constantly talking about that example of the semi-truck whizzing past the freaking trailer on the right of the, the semi-truck on the right and it was just hauling you know ass up the hill at eighty-two thousand pounds that is that sends a message right that's going to become yeah. a viral but, clip for the trucking industry yeah yeah but uh, but he's also very clever of not divulging their names right it wasn't elon that gave me the hint it was the pepsi guy saying thanks dan then i went obviously on on the internet mm. put in tesla semi daniel and there he was right but uh, but yesterday the same at the neuralink we had first name basis but we had no full names and he's right i mean he has to protect his uh, his best stuff because if not other you know competitors are going to take them away but uh, he didn't introduce him there was no title there was no nothing it was just us having to yeah. find it yeah do you think that was that was pre premeditated or do you think that oh, was sure. like you think so? Oh, I sure. think they just forgot. 
No. No. no you think they're you trying know, to protect the talent? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you remember, but there was um, somebody in Nevada. I don't remember exactly the story. I think it was in the uh, in the Reno factory who was fired, and a couple of days later, Laura Kolinsky of of CNBC suddenly had the the organigram of Tesla with names for the 15 managers on the top. And all journalists were jumping on it because Tesla is very secretive about the names. I mean, we know three, four, five, but we don't know 15. And uh, of, course, of course, they're very, and, and this is just, you know, this is our money. I, they better are secretive about it. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. But he didn't introduce him. He never called him by his first name. Dan called Elon by his first name, of course, but there was never that. And that was, that was deliberate, sure. That's interesting. That's yeah. a really I agree. take. I agree with Alexandra. And Elon has, he's spoken enough about this paranoia about people either retiring or people getting poached because they get paid oh, no, ungodly <laughs> amounts of money. You know, he, he, Elon's talked a lot about this. So yeah, I kind of, I'm with Alexandra on this one. I think it was mm -hmm. intentional. Okay. Right. Which is good. I, Which is just good. Yeah, I, I, I think it was more oversight than intentional, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's intentional. But I think that my biggest takeaway, by the way, 5,000 viewers on stream, FYI. We have 5,000 people watching us. Thank you so much. Wait, wait, wait. So Let me just us. have one moment. Let me have that one moment. When that truck passed the other one, I mean, I was jumping in my chair. Yeah. It was like in a Formula One race when you just jump. There you are. What the heck? Got lost. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, it was it was quite badass. Um the other, the other notes I have down, and again, we can riff off of these. And by the way, everybody in the comments section, let us know what your thoughts were, uh, sort of what, what oh, you thought of the event. Oh, we got Sandy Moreau. Hi, Sandy. Where's Sandy? You got Sandy in here? Oh, yeah. Where is he at? Sandy, welcome in. Awesome. Um, check your uh, Monroe Live uh, account on Twitter. We sent you an invitation. If you want to come on and share your thoughts, you're more than welcome to. Oh, uh, if, can I can, if I can please, two seconds. Sandy, thank you very much for that shout out when you said I was a good financial analyst. That was good. You made my day. <laughs> thank you very much. Oh my goodness. Look at this, how generous they are. 20 bucks, 5,000 viewers. Thank you, Monroe. We'll put that towards the, uh, the wine uh, slash alcohol budget for the channel. Um, <laughs> We have Bradford Ferguson in the house as well, joining us. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I sent Hi, this link to a different folks in the uh, Tesla community just to get their thoughts. Um, Bradford, can you hear us, my friend? One, two, three. He took his headphones out. Oh, all right. We'll, we'll wait for him to catch up yeah. here. Yeah. Once he gets his headphones in, we'll, uh, we'll get his opinion. Um, Elon is introducing a lot of talented staff. So we kind of talked about that briefly. We saw the sort of picture of the robotaxi on the wraps when they were talking about the semi and the cyber truck. So it looks like the robotaxi is the only car that they have left in their quote unquote master plan of hitting every single division. Right. Uh, what do you guys, yeah. what do you guys think about that? What was your reaction? I mean, cool. I was like, take that cover off, take that cover off. Yeah. I want to see it, right? <laughs> but, but I mean, I mean, give us the, the big one. The fact that the Cybertruck can charge at the Mega. I mean, that, that's, that was the announcement of the night because that means you can charge at four times the speed. I have currently a Model X and it really, it's perfect with going to a lot of superchargers with 250 uh, and, and watts, but kilowatts. But can you imagine having four times the power, that means you're going to, instead of 20 minutes, in five minutes, you're charged. This is absolutely revolutionary. That was the news of the day. Yeah, that, that's something that I'd be curious to learn more about because 
I, I don't know how, how much that translates because there's a certain point where you, you don't want to charge the batteries too fast. I mean, you guys probably all know this already, but with the degradation of the, of the battery, but mm. what's interesting is which what I thought was even more interesting was how they have the liquid cooling built in because as that charging increases, you have more amperage and all your heat, everything you're talking about heat comes from that higher amperage. And so the fact that they're dissipating that heat before it even gets there, I mean, it's fascinating. I would love to know more about it, but they definitely said this from a very 10,000 foot level. I'd like mm. to know a lot more about the details, uh, but it's, that's exciting. And they said they're going to put so, it at all their superchargers. It's version four is what it said on the screen. Exactly. Yeah. And so does that, does that mean that the plug in the Cybertruck is actually looking different than the ones that's currently in the, in the threes and the, no, it, no, it looks think, the same. I think it's all going to be the same plug. It's just, everything's going to be software limited on how it does it. Right. Like when, when okay. they decide, okay, we need to throttle back because we're, we're charging too fast. There's degradation, right? I think everything will be handled through software, but I mean, I, I heard them say that, so we won't need to have a bigger, uh, plug or cord. That, that's what I heard. But not now I want my saddle truck. I'm, I'm like, now I want it. Um, like I have three orders in it, but I can't wait anymore. I've been I mean, drinking though, so I might be wrong. <laughs> I think that I mean it implies it implies that Cybertruck's probably gonna go from zero to eighty percent and like look at that. <laughs> Cheers, Bradford. Cheers, my friend. <laughs> it it implies that Cybertruck's gonna go from um you know from zero to eighty percent in probably like five to ten minutes, right? That's what the megawatt charger yeah. to me implies if it's able to uh charge at that yeah. rate. Real quick, I want to give a couple shout outs. Andrew uh Wang, twenty dollar super chat. Thank you so much, man. Look at all this. We're just adding this to the fund. Kilowatts, kilowatts. Thank you very much. I love kilowatts. Uh. Kilowatts is awesome. Uh Michael, thank you so much. Fifty dollars. I mean it's crazy. You guys are awesome. You love you guys disconnecting the drive of the two accelerating motors is brilliant, right? So that was the more mm. the additional efficiency that was gained on the highway. Um what did you guys have any takeaways from that? How do you guys think about that? I, I mean the, the little a, like a, engine, the little engine it takes, you know, can carry yeah. it away like a baby <laughs> and and it pulls uh eighty two thousand uh kilograms. It's just absolutely crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's wild. Mo motors are amazing. I mean, like motors are extremely underrated. I mean, even like, even like really large ships these days, they, I mean, they're, they're still, I mean, really large ships these days can be in way, certain ways it can be powered by electricity, but the way most modern ships are built now, they're all diesel electric. So you have these diesel generators that, that create Generators just create electricity and then they store all this electricity in these big capacitor banks. And then these big capacitor banks release this electricity to these um, these azimuth Z drives that are just these big motors that have, you know, propellers at the end and they're just constantly rotating. But so like, I mean, motors are absolutely incredible. It's, it's electricity, it's magnetism. It's absolutely phenomenal. If you, if you haven't ever like looked into how motors work, it's it's it is magic. It really is. It's the magic of the universe. <laughs> I'm not joking. It's, it's real magnetism. <laughs> it's electricity. It's Tesla coils. I mean, like, it's so cool. That's why I got him I back here. It. Tesla. <laughs> it's wild. Um, some other notes I have. Um, the, uh, the catering to drivers. There was zero talk about FSD at this conversation. There was zero talk about pushing some sort of software that will enable self-driving. And I think that no was super premeditated, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was very premeditated, I think, because 
this is geared towards the driver. And there was a comment around how there's a surplus of drivers. So theoretically, our trucks being added to the fleet should not put anybody out of work. If anything, it should enable more drivers to come onto the scene. So that I think that was a big takeaway that um, is like very important to ensure that it gets talked about because with the truck driving jobs in the United States specifically, such a large percentage of the total workforce, that if you start scaring these drivers away with full self-driving talk, it could have the opposite effect on your brand. So that was a big takeaway yeah. for me. Um, and Tom is right in Tom is right in the comment. If there's not a surplus of drivers, there's a shortage of drivers. Sure. So this wasn't yes, this yes. wasn't about replacing right. non-existent drivers. It was about giving the current ones better working conditions. And I find very interesting that they didn't talk about the cabin in the back or whatever. It was you go in, you have your 11 day work um, job to do and then you're done because you have arrived where you wanted to be and it, it's all just working out in your work day you can stand in your cabin you have a comfort in the cabin you have your phone your ipad your 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 iphone everything was done to convince a driver to just have a much better experience yeah that's that's interesting um i okay so i again i i always like to say when i don't know things so i don't know a lot about the trucking industry but I'd be interested if anyone in the comments know, do most semi-trucks have beds built into them so that yeah. when... A... The overnight in, ones In do. the back? Yeah. The yeah, overnight so ones, they sit it's, there. It's, it's interesting that they didn't show anything like that. Mm. Well, I think they, they market it as a day cab. I don't think they market yeah. it as a, as a night cab. I mean, they might be they might be working on a, on a, on a version that will have that at some point. So um, I'm trying to figure out what percentage of the total trucking market I know requires. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's there's it's more like in like day to day rather than, whoa, this got <laughs> scary. Spooky. <laughs> Spooky Let, Let me them, tell you something. From day to night. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Wait, let anyone for... in the dark make decisions, right? <laughs> Share your thoughts with us, Crafter. What do you think? Well, I, I haven't caught what you all said yet, but um, I, I think they missed an opportunity. Um, if, if you have these fleet operators watching the event, I think they should have made it like plain and clear the benefit to them for using Tesla Semi. Uh, yeah, it's obvious that there's like substantial cost savings, but I feel like they should have given some of that. Um, talk about how much they're going to save per mile. Mm, I see. Um, I think that's a big deal. I, it's good they talked about the brakes. Um, maybe they could have got a little more specific about the brakes. Like maybe you'll never have to replace your brakes or, <laughs> or um, it'll last a certain number of miles, that kind of thing. Um, I, I think that they, they just is a missed opportunity that way. Um, but we have Tesla fielding the best. This is the best semi in the world now. Like it's mm. the it's got the most performance. It's going to be the lowest cost to run. Like Tesla's basically going from zero to um, the best. Like there, there's nothing else comes close. Do we know um, at how much they sell them now? Because at one point it was 150, right? And then it went up to 220. Is that where we are now? Yeah, they but they took them off the market. Um, <laughs> there was uh, yeah someone in the community, um, Xander Sky, who who bought one. <laughs> he's he's like, there actually one. tonight. I I sent I sent Cindy the the picture of him being there. 
And then like right after he uh, got the reservation, like they took it off. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. No more, no more retail investors getting one. <laughs> so uh, like Nik Nikola is selling them for 360 allegedly, and the Tesla is better than that. Uh, we'll see if they could sell it for more. Um, I, I doubt they like sell it at 220. Like the savings are too great. Mm. Yeah. And and then there is from January onwards the forty thousand credit, yeah. right? That that credit, yeah. Mm. So this is yeah. directly applied to semis, forty thousand dollars per vehicle, off yeah. the price tag essentially. Yeah. Well, is is that to the manufacturer or to the purchaser? The purchaser. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it, it was interesting. They didn't really talk any financial numbers about anything on this, yeah. which was interesting. They they didn't talk about quantity to be delivered to pepsi or you know mm. how the ramp's gonna go how yeah. many they plan on producing i mean i know you said in 2024 50 000, i think that, that's what you said on the earnings call but but yeah there's all that was kind of hush hush uh fsd autopilot all that was hush hush uh yeah it was interesting i guess maybe they they need they could afford to undersell it because they they probably have enough orders for however many they plan to make for a while so i i, I mm. guess maybe that's why they did it and they, at a later time if they need to they can you know get into some of the hard numbers um how did you yeah. like the interaction between um dan uh, Priestley and and elon yeah i i thought that was fantastic yeah mm. are, are you was, wondering how we know his name I, I I saw you did some hard research. That was good. <laughs> Are you surprised, Bradford? Are you surprised by me? No. There you go. <laughs> Alexandra in her rabbit hole. <laughs> Tesla community is good at digging. I, I guess uh, one question to. for fleet operators is going to be software. Um, they want to be able to connect into their software, uh, monitor their drivers. I, mm -hmm. I don't think they like sit there and watch you know videos of them, but uh basically they get the telematics of any semi on the road i believe um and can see that like the, but that's easy ahead. with the tesla app right i mean we we can do that with our cars now yeah it so should I don't be think that's going to be complicated it should be but like does it plug into the software that the fleet operators have yeah. um yeah. it would have yeah, been I'm good sure. if they said that you know I'm sure whatever they, ha I mean, most softwares have APIs you can just tie into and pull, mm -hmm. pull whatever you need. So, I mean, if it's any decent software, it'll have APIs exposed that you can leverage. Yeah. I'm seeing some comments talking about the 82,000 pound number. I just want to clarify 82,000 pounds is the total weight of the semi, the trailer plus the load. So it's not pulling 82,000 pounds. pounds. It's kilo. Is it pounds or kilos? 82,000 pounds. Yeah. Okay. So, so 41 yeah, yeah. tons. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just want to make sure there were some questions around that. Um, Bradford, I have some, I, I'm just going down my list of notes that I took and just uh, as sort of, you know, you, you have a sort of that comes to mind based on the note, throw it out just like the rest of the crew here. But um, there was a, there was a conversation around three times the power, the semi truck is a beast and the thousand volt powertrain which was going to be used for other cars as well. That was what I heard, was that this 1,000-volt powertrain was going to be used in other cars. Mm -hmm. What other car would require that much? What is that? Is volt power? What is that for somebody who knows what they're talking about here? Is that 
uh, how, how do we translate that to a powertrain? Yeah, no. So volts is not power. Power uses volts to get power. So like, how do you describe volts? Volts is potential. Volts is potential um, is the best way to think about it. Uh, so like, so like an V equals IR. So, so I is current resistance. So I resistance times currents equals voltage. So I, I don't know how else to expect it. Yeah. Okay. It's potential is what it is. <laughs> so I'm wondering, is that like a, an efficiency improvement down the road? Like, is this something that will be used on the, in the robo taxi? Like how, like, do you guys have any idea on how to think about that? If we don't have an answer, that's fine too. Like we don't have to be experts on this, but I'm curious if anybody had any thoughts around that. Drew was just playing down. Drew and Elon were just playing down like 800 volt. Um, I think less than six months ago, they were saying, well, it saves you money, these places here, but then you need all all these parts to be on 800 volt and then it costs you money. So it's kind of a push. So I was a little surprised that they said, oh, we're going to do a thousand volt um, for other vehicles. I, I feel like they use the word vehicle. Um and maybe it's the cyber truck because they said that they're going to use this. The cyber truck's going to be capable of accepting this this megawatt charge. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and like, yeah. So just imagine like uh, all these superchargers are going to be deployed in California. This is the Southwest U United States here, and uh, cyber truck is going to be this huge flex. Uh, you know, show off a uh, vehicle kind of like a Lamborghini. It's boxy, it's metallic, and you're going to be able to charge it uh, at one milli uh, megawatt in these chargers in California. Hopefully, like some of them are public. Um, mm. That's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and, and so quick, right? I mean, in and out. Mm -hmm. I Somebody think it's asked a in the comments. Ahead, I think it's a bit of a function of like how many batteries they need to string together, um, that mm. kind of thing. Um, I, I wish I understood it more. It'd be good to have Jordan Gisi yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in the comments said, uh, will Sandy tear it down? I'm sure Sandy will tear it down. He just needs to get his hands on the semi. They're going to need some big, uh, big uh, tools to be able to take it apart. That a big a investment. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> I think 200,000 and that. They can get into a bigger warehouse, you know, into a bigger space this way. They can use that to justify their move, you know? Come on, Sandy I and mean, Corey, you can do it. They got a plaid. I mean, it's like... Yeah, for real, oh, there right? there he goes. He says, heck yes. <laughs> heck yes. Look at that. See? We heard it from yeah. the man himself. They're going to tear her apart. I love it. Um, there was a comment around existing drive... They're going to use utilize ex existing drive units, power electronics, infotainment, HVAC, AC, converters... So leveraging units at volume to achieve extreme efficiency. So I loved hearing that because from a uh, per unit perspective, the Tesla semi should have really good margins, super good margins. Um, I, I had Sandy on a couple of weeks ago. And one of the questions I threw out was, do you think Tesla semi, is it fair to say they're going to charge somewhere between two to 300,000 per unit and uh, they're going to make it a 50% gross margin? And what I heard back was, they could probably charge more than that if they wanted to, but 50% margin, gross margin is probably not out of the question. It's totally achievable. Mm. And I'm guessing this is how they're going to do it. It's by utilizing the existing supply chain and the existing parts to make that happen. Um, and so if you sort of extrapolate that into the future, the semi could be a pretty significant uh, part of the business 
in respects to generating profit for the company. How, how do you guys think about that? Do you guys think about it as a bigger, like a big piece, a small piece, or is it sort of irrelevant in the picture? How do you? I mean, by, by the quantity, goes? by the quantity, I, I I know Gary always says in his model he doesn't calculate then more than fifty thousand trucks in twenty twenty four, right? So just by that, it's obviously a small piece of the whole product mix. There is no doubt about it. But coming back to your margins, didn't you think that was so typical Tesla? that the drinks and food that was there tonight was provided by the client. Yeah. And you think that that was not hilarious, right? We invite you Operational to the party, leverage, but baby. please bring, <laughs> bring the drink. <laughs> That's it, right? Lean and mean machine again. Okay. As an investor, I don't mind that. <laughs> Me this is our money at work. <laughs> yeah. Like at the shareholder meeting, like there was like no food or anything. I was like, I'm fine with this. <laughs> exactly. I'm not paying yeah. your sandwich, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Along the same lines, I uh, like they that you're uh, using the 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 wrapping on the plaid motor, so using that technology again. So oh, that's yeah. just going to help them scale that. Yeah. The use of that. I'm I'm curious if it's a totally new motor. It seemed like it's different. Um, they talked about it being much smaller. Um, I think the old motor would would be like almost like this size so or maybe well, two that, of them would be that size yeah but that's including the gearbox so, so yeah so it, i tried to like look into it like closely when they were showing it but they didn't show it for long enough for me to actually understand what i was looking at but but yeah like the motor itself is a lot smaller like the whole okay. casing that includes the gearbox and everything but so i'm just curious like bradford uh, alexandra farzal do you guys think that that they're actually going to be profitable with the semi right out the gate? Or do you think it's going to take some time? It all depends on what price they, they sell it. At 150 no. But given the 40000 government incentive, they can build that in as a margin, right? And if you compare it, if Bradford is right that the that the Nikola, which is the closest competitor, is 360 I mean, there is so much money to be made. So, yes, I, I hope so. And I don't think Elon is the type to, to throw these out after five years of having to pay research and development and getting it up now without making a margin on it. I think that those days are gone. Three, uh, 360 is the word I heard on Twitter. So I, I took that yeah. as serious. It may not be. <laughs> yeah. Well, they probably have to cut it now. Right. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think it'll be really good. I, I'm curious if they're going to be able to use that same inverter. So they use the same inverter for the, mm. the three. three y um, so I'm curious if they're going to be able to use that on the semi as well. Same um, colors. I think it's going to be fascinating to learn, like, how did they hmm. get it all down to the number of pounds they needed to in, in order to match what's out there? I mean, obviously, you're getting rid of a transmission. You're getting rid of the hmm. fuel. You're getting rid of, like, a huge engine and the, the engine treatment. Um, there's all kinds of things, uh, drive, uh, drive train from front of to back or whatever. Um, I'm curious how all that worked. And Bradford, did you see the presentation and how the truck pulled up the 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 hill and left the other truck uh, behind him? Yeah, that was good. That was just so cool. <laughs> I mean, I good. can't get over it. I have to watch that again tonight. That was sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the the gross margin. Like if they're going to be profitable right away, they're probably going to be hand building these for a little while. I'm going to guess, mm -hmm. uh, unless they have uh, some sort of production line set up. 
So I don't expect this to be, put it this way, like the negative margin impact is going to be low and it's not going to be really material. And then by the time they get it to a volume that it's impactful, they're going to be well over break even. So like, I'm not really worried about the downside risk, but I think once the, they get to say 50,000 units per year, it's going to be significantly gross margin positive. Like I mm. think 40 to 50% makes a lot of sense for that type of vehicle. Mm. Um, yeah. And then you layer in the additional thing that they talked about was utilizing the semi internally as well within their own supply chain. So when I worked at the company, I was in supply chain, like I was dying. I literally every other week I was sending emails. Can somebody give us a freaking prototype? Can we use it? Mm. Like, well, you know, we don't, we just don't have them. Right. So, um, that the cost savings of shipping stuff internally is going to be, depending on how many units they run, is going to be significant. And, and you understood when you up. said he, yeah, you understood when he said that he will, they will give them to the suppliers so that their suppliers, so this yes. is not Tesla companies, that their suppliers can bring the Back supply to the Tesla companies with the trucks. Got it. And I mean, uh, and don't think give means give for free. Don't, don't think that. Right. It won't be for free. It's never for free. <laughs> How does that work if Tesla sells them to Tesla, like from a financial oh, perspective? They well, this is all Tesla, within Tesla. I don't think this is an issue. The question of will right. they lease or rent or whatever them to the suppliers who are then external of Tesla and have to pay a monthly fee for it or mileage or have to deduct it from the from the you know. So maybe there are no delivery costs. Maybe you, you see mm. before that they were for a thousand parts the parts cost and the delivery cost, and now the delivery will be free. That that could be one way of doing it. Yep. One of the things that, one of the one of the secrets of a lot of freight is like, especially if you're shipping a lot of freight that's uh, low cost, uh, a significant percentage of the cost of that part is in transportation, right? Mm -hmm. And if, especially say you're trying to ship something from, I don't know, Eastern Mexico to California, as an example, and it's a two-day route, an overnight route, that truck could be like, you know, Two to four thousand dollars per container and yeah. if your part is some cheapo part where the burden cost of that freight uh, of that of that shipping cost is i don't know ten percent if you say mm. yo just take the semi then you just save ten percent over time right because then you just yeah. kind of like depreciate the i don't know like just some accounting stuff happens you depreciate the cost of the of the truck and then but over the long term that <laughs> you save 10 percent on that part basically over over the yeah. over the life uh, of the, understood you, and 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 that will yeah. actually help as well with the well now gone surprise surprise just when the semi arrives um end of quarter pushes right because one of the problems they had i think it. that came out last quarter is how they how they could get all these trucks because all the companies renting them trucks or or, or subcontracting them trucks or whatever you want to call it well they were obviously in the known that tesla would need them and the prices spiked now you, you build up your own fleet you don't need that anymore yeah yeah farzad you sitting there talking about like they do some accounting stuff that sounds like me on my earnings whenever i'm going through it and i get to <laughs> ebitda i'm like yeah this is where some magic happens nobody really knows how this works but somehow we get a number <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me with EBITDA. That's not how it works. You just wave it once. Tell them. <laughs> you wave it once yeah. and just numbers yeah. happen, you know? But the, uh, we got a super chat here. Thank you, Zachary. $5 super chat. Ken, uh, which one is better for Tesla bottom line? Billions of dollars in tax rebates credit for batteries from Joe Biden or picture with president? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. What, yeah. Which president? Thank the you. current or whoever the next one is? 
Mm. Yeah, no idea. I think you made a good point, Farzad, about the shape of the rollout. So it's it. Um, there's some kind of line in in Nevada that the people at the event got to see. I'm curious how automated it is already or not. Mm. Um, and then the, they're going to have the blueprint that they're going to send on probably to Austin, Texas, and they'll they'll put in a real deal line there that's going to pump out fifty thousand. Oh, you think more. they will? Oh, you think they will construct the mass ones in Austin rather than uh, keep them in Nevada? I I would think so, but we'll okay. see. There's a ton of room in in Giga Texas. Mm. But I wonder how much. But in, but in the United though. States, right? But in the United States, not yeah, outside. Yeah, for sure, States. in the United States, and okay. and when they start in Texas, there's going to be a ramp to that, and they'll cost more mm. than they're getting uh, to sell them, even at like four hundred thousand. Like the first few that they make will be, um, you know, much more than that. But they'll get it down over time. Yeah. So it's it's probably going to be um, at least a year before they're profitable with this but it's it's mm. still exciting i mean this is the the best truck on the road and and you know all, all the legacy that's they're putting out these semis with 250 miles or 300 miles of charge and i don't even know mm. if they could do a full load or whatever or do yeah. the elevation changes um mm. they're in trouble let me pose a question for the chat. So if you're a truck driver uh, or, or running a fleet in the comments section, sort of say I'm a truck driver slash fleet operator and say what you like or don't like about the unveil. And then uh, producer wife, as you see those come up, if you can bring them up for us to read, that would be awesome. Because I'm really and do, you ever mean, see... do you ever mean to get our um, on-site correspondent back? Because yeah, I, I mean, now I have even more now I have even more questions to him other than other than what did he get to eat finally. But <laughs> but you know, I mean he saw the line. How automated is it? That's the first very good question from Bradford. But also, you know, how many were there trucks? I mean, we saw four. It was actually nicely done how the, the train of the Pepsi truck was the stage, right? That was uh that was very cleverly done and obviously low cost, not, not a penny too much. Um, yeah, always, always watching the bottom line. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, if we can get him back, I think that'd be great. I can tell you what Emin ate. He ate chips and Pepsi. <laughs> Cheetos. Yeah. Cheetos, Fritos, Doritos. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what he ate. Lays. Benitos. Uh, you say you're getting the first truck drivers. Yeah. You guys, uh, do you guys think, oh, I'll let you read this. No problem. Former truck driver, I don't like the seat in the middle. Uh, why not? I would love to hear. I think I think I've read other truck drivers talk about this too. Is because on long hauls, you might not like. Usually, you bring somebody with you, you know. So like, you mm -hmm. have them kind of next to you. You can talk to them. Um, yeah. Let us know. Let us know where you don't like it, Jones. I would love to hear. Sorry, uh, who was uh saying something? Yeah, I, I was gonna say uh, two things that kind of stuck out at me. Um, one is I'm just kind of curious if they're going to eventually tried to build the semis with a gigapress um i know i've seen like some things about idra's got another big order and i'd be curious if that's for like a another cyber truck line or if it's for you know potential semi truck uh bradford raising his eyebrows like he knows something mm -hmm. <laughs> but the other thing <laughs> the other thing i found the interesting idea. yeah the other thing i found interesting was and maybe they did say and i'm just inebriated and i'm not aware of it um 
But did they mention how fast the semi would would uh, charge? Because I think they completely avoided that. Well, they had they announced. They had announced. They had announced previously that zero to seventy percent were in less than thirty minutes. But wouldn't okay. you think they would say that again here? Or is this just another kind of missed opportunity? We're just, mm. you know, just yeah. going by the seat and, of our and, pants. And and they knew darn well what they were doing. You know, the slides, even though his click didn't work, the slides were just prepared to give us this. And that was it, right? There was a couple of things that were definitely consciously not addressed. It, and maybe Pepsi likes it that way. Like Pepsi's going to order <laughs> a bunch of these before Coke even gets a chance or something and did you see there was a side table with a couple of cans and i was like in the back i was there already can you check whether those are coke cans or pepsi cans at this time they got it right <laughs> oh i'm so Boy, horrible if there were not pepsi cans you know, know. Be, uh, um john future fleet operator here why no mention of autopilot or fsd mm. mentioned yeah that's a that's a great point i really do think it was premeditated though because if i think i think there is a concerted effort where they're trying to market the truck to the drivers, like the people that are actually out there mm -hmm. making money. If you start mm -hmm. bringing in FSD and self-driving, then you start creating this, oh, you're taking away my mm -hmm. job, right? It, it creates mm -hmm. fear. It creates a barrier. I think it was very well sort of meditated to not uh, in introduce that language. And we talked about it briefly as well, Bradford, uh, uh, before you came on about that sort of point. But I, I found that to be smart. Like we know full self-driving in the long term is going to be a huge um, value creator and a cost saver for a lot of these places, but it will mean a giant disrupt disruption to the truck industry, trucking industry in the United States. And there's a lot of very um, capable drivers that will no longer be needed some, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the road. And mm. uh, I think not telling that story is important to, to try. Yeah, and, 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 and let me will. just add that. Yeah. Let, let me add nothing that was omitted was you know everything that was omitted was done on purpose and it was smart all these subjects i didn't want to touch tonight now i saw one of the comments saying is this going to have an effect on the stock price tomorrow i don't think at all i mean people that are interested in in tesla now see the te the, the semis there but anybody interested in tesla was able to see videos on the on the trucks before this has been five years in the making it's not the huge surprise right and they they gave us very little on future products the the robot taxi was still under the cover okay the cyber truck may be able to charge uh, at the megawatt uh, chargers that was great i love that idea but nothing that you know that a stock analyst tomorrow would say fair enough i, I change my model i i add something oh there's hans we got hans what's up bro <laughs> hey, hey. And, and, and none of in. the bounce back in the stock was because of people getting excited yeah. about the semi event. It was, yeah, yeah. you know, there was JP. a huge run up yesterday because of, um, oh. Jerome. Yeah, Jerome and China, and it it what none of this the bounce back has been related to semi. Yeah. Hans, I'm curious or, or what, anything. You, what you're thinking if you're able to uh, to chat. Yeah, I'm super excited. And then the the thousand volt, and then the one, uh, the megawatt hour charger for the uh, the cyber truck and the semi was both of those were awesome announcements. And I'm I'm just trying to process through. I Nick, you may have to help me with this. If they're using a thousand volt architecture, and you've got a one 
megawatt hour charger, doesn't that mean that if it was able to charge at full capacity the whole time, that it would take one hour to charge the battery from zero? And it obviously it won't yeah. charge at full capacity the whole time. Yeah, that's kind of something I was saying a little bit earlier. Like I, when they were saying all that, even with the Cybertruck, like, like yeah, you can do like the same kind of math that equates to like what we currently see today. But it just it seems like that's not going to be the reality of things because mm -hmm. I mean, again, maybe it's just because I'm used to or we're all used to what we know, and what we know is that you know there's a certain point where it's like it's like filling up a parking lot. You only have so many spots and as it gets full, yep. right? You yep. can't, yeah, so, so there's like, there is some like physics. I'll, I'll say this like loosely because obviously mm -hmm. I don't know physics as well as they do, but yeah, I don't know. Th there's some thinking that has to go into this. I don't think it's just as clear as, well, there's a ratio here. So this ratio should equate over here. So there should be 10 minutes to charge up. I think there's some, so I think there's yeah. more to it than that. And they didn't, they didn't expound about, uh, about it. I mean, they didn't really talk about a lot of stuff, but so, yeah, I don't know. I, and I just, I, I know I've seen, I've been saying this all night. There's so much ambiguity. And as an engineer, yeah. I hate saying anything that I don't actually know, or I haven't put pen to paper. What I can say <laughs> is whatever you think it might be, is probably wrong. <laughs> it's exciting, but I don't think we can actually extrapolate any true ideas of any benefits right now. They said earlier, Hans, that um, zero to 70% was 30 minutes. So hmm. I, I don't think it's like, um, you know, we got this thousand volt and one megawatt in our mind. Um, there's, there's amps as part of the calculation. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it's like a, a thousand amps or something like that where it's just a straight line takes an hour i it it's a little more complicated than that yeah that, and that was the part that i was trying to remember is if there was a just because they're using a thousand volt architecture i don't know that that necessarily means that they can only operate the charger at that voltage i think yeah i no no like I, Nick said I, I, I think wanna, they, I think they can adjust yeah, all that with software. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think but software I, is going to be the the medium or the 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 ground truth for everything. I think everything physically will be able to do certain things, but then software is what's going to determine what can and what can't, and limiting and when do we stop and when do we lower. Right? I think it's all going to be done with software, just like the big recall in China today with headlights mm -hmm. not or, or rear lights not working. Ah, software update. Like mm. <laughs> like. It feels like everything's going to be managed with software, and obviously everyone knows that. But yep. I, I think that's that's the part that they're not talking about. If they can stack these uh, supercharger sites with solar and wind and uh, mega packs, I think that would be huge. Mm -hmm. My other big takeaway was, you know, if they do put these in regular supercharging stations for the Cybertruck. <laughs> That means you can actually roll up to a supercharger with a semi and charge. So they'll be able yeah. to basically dual use. They won't have to make purpose-built mega chargers. Like you can actually charge semis at regular supercharging stations. Now they may have to make some accommodations for size, but it could actually be a single yeah. station. Yeah, I think the, the individual parking sort of like spot right now at most superchargers probably is not wide enough for a semi um 
So they will definitely have to make some adjustments for sure. True. Um, yeah, especially if they're loaded. Yeah. That's true. It's, but it's while I have a little break, while I have a little break, just two seconds, I have to go. My French husband is hungry for dinner. So <laughs> there's, What's he there's no way. What I have cooking? no idea. I, I can just smell it. I mean, he is cooking. He's been I, cooking for 25 years, but he's just you're like, it's dinner time. I'm sitting there <laughs> watching with the towel, towel over the shoulder. He's going back and <laughs> forth. I'm like, oh, I'm getting hungry. He's cooking <laughs> and you should smell it. It's just perfect. But he's like, c'est l'heure de manger. And I'm like, okay, I think it's, it's time. <laughs> so I let Aww. you all go and I see you soon Thank again, you so much okay? for joining us, Alexandra. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, Speak have soon. a good one. Enjoy your dinner. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, how do you say goodbye in French? Bonjour. Au revoir. Yes, hello. Bonjour. Au revoir. Dude, Au revoir. I am the worst Ooh. French person on earth. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Bradford with that, with the accent, the Did pronunciation. Me, maybe with the charging, you can unhook the semi quickly and hook it back up. You definitely need some flat ground, though. <laughs> gonna unhook the yeah. Trailer. I wonder if, like, I think most parking oh. lots probably aren't outfitted for dropping the trailer, though. Like, where would you, like, it, it would have to be at a, like, I have a tough time seeing the semi charging anywhere but a dedicated semi charger. Yeah. Because it's. Well, think about, know. like, a Loves or a current truck stop where you have both cars and trucks there. So, basically, they could set up, they could do a, um, a deal with one of those Travel America or Loves or whatever. And they could have a group of superchargers there that some of them are going to be set up to allow pull through semi. And some of them will be set up dedicated for cars, but it'll be one single architecture for all the chargers. Hans, you live in Texas, don't you? I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how you know. That's how you know right there. The talk about the gas station. Texas has the biggest gas station you've ever seen in Bucky's, your life. Baby. I didn't say anything about Bucky's. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's we a got great a point. straight up Walmart in the middle of our gas station. It's ridiculous. <laughs> sick. It's there so already sick. are some uh, spaces at some supercharger locations where there's like an a normal slot would be like this. And then there's like this extra strip on the side and I, you know people are wondering if that was for Cybertruck maybe it's for Cybertruck and semi I'm I'm curious where the charger is and I'm curious if people found out at the event where yeah. where that um, plug is at you know it's it's the one comment you said Bradford earlier where you said that they they could have done a better job catering to the fleet operator I think that mm -hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense I really, I really does. I, I, what, what was interesting to me though, that I, I do feel like they, they were catering to the driver. That was mm -hmm. sort of my takeaway. Like they were catering to the person who's going to experience the product, you know? And I feel like yeah. that's a very Tesla thing to do, which is like, think about the person who's utilizing the product first and yeah. what are the wins they're going to get from um, being part of that thing, you know? Um, do you think the, the cost like within that lens, do you think if they spoke about the advantages to the fleet operator would maybe not be something that the drive, like say like the people that That's actually true. use the product, you know, like how do you think about that? Right. That's a great point. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe they already have several fleet operators on board and they really want That's the drivers, the drivers to push for, um, you know, some fleet operators that you know? are on the fence to get it. So I think you're right. Like 
Drivers don't care how much it costs. <laughs> right. They want to say how much is paid or right? whatever. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they have to have some channel of communication open with fleet operators to accept orders. And so that's the one thing, like we don't have any visibility as retail shareholders into what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe that's the channel that they're using to make that case. That's fair. It's interesting. It's interesting that they, uh, that they're, the way they spoke about the feedback loop made it sound like the idea of full self-driving semis is somewhat far off because clearly they care a lot about the user experience. And if you care so much about the user experience, that just kind of, to me, signals that FSD for semis is pretty far off. But I could easily see where it becomes more like airplanes, where a lot of airplanes do point-to-point flights on autopilot, but you need to have the pilot there as a security measure. And I could see semis kind of adopting that. But did you guys find that as any, like, not a red flag for semis and this whole vision of replacing train? Or go ahead, Farzad. No, I was going to, I think, I think to me, again, it goes back to, I think it's very important for the messaging to be pro driver because ultimately that's, what's going to enable Tesla to get these up and running as quickly as humanly possible. So even if they don't have realistically semi, I don't think it's going to have a full self-driving solution for at least another two years, at least another two years. But you can't announce production on December 2022 and not sell any for the next four years. If you're saying like, hey, this thing's going to replace your driver eventually. Like if that's the messaging you're driving towards, like a lot of free operators are going to be hesitant to bring this on. I feel like because they might have a revolt on their hands. Oh my God, Pepsi's freaking uh, putting us out of a job. Fuck Pepsi. We're going to go on strike. I don't know. Like I, I feel like um, the timing of the full self-driving is is probably much quicker than we think still. And the, the I think it's just messaging. I think Tesla's wising up on messaging. And like this is like a this is a very positive thing I, I saw from this uh um presentation was the messaging was very calculated. It was very uh on point. I I, I would love to hear y'all's opinions on that because I might be just you know in dreamland, but uh that was my takeaway like specifically tied to that comment yeah. that you just made. I think the other option is that it may indicate that they're thinking more along the lines of platooning. And when you think about the cost, you know, going back to the fact that if you're operating platooning, you're probably beating freight price of rail. And so the demand that you have, like the, the ultimate TAM expands so rapidly that you still would be operating at a truck driver shortage, even with platooning, assuming that you can produce a quantity of vehicles that can satisfy the market for it. Um, and so there could be a very real world where we have essentially autonomous trucking and we still are operating at a truck driver shortage. Mm. And this is sort of like your theory around it replacing rail long-term, right? Potentially. Yeah. But well, you, not replacing, la- but definitely taking a big chunk of rail and moving it on road. So, so when you say platooning, are you saying there's one lead truck driver and then the rest are following? So you still need a truck driver? That's what you're saying? But so Yeah, one. And you could even have teams like, so 
you know, because of the way that all of the hours logs work, you could have one truck driver who's responsible in the lead. And then you could have a second mm -hmm. truck driver following, and then they switch back and forth who's in the lead, who's responsible. And then they have a train of autonomous trucks following them. And you have basically straight through nonstop transportation to the destination. Um, it would be a very easy way to drastically increase the amount of freight that you can transport from one place to another. But if you could do that and get from point A to point B, then what's the point of even having the driver at that point? Um, I think liability standpoint, because trucks are so heavy, like, I mean, there's law firms that the only thing that they do is litigate yeah. truck driver crashes. And uh, yeah, it's a high stakes game. And there's a lot of politics also involved in that. I could see them wanting to just be conservative and say, hey, we're going to keep basically operated like fsd beta where there is a truck driver who is responsible for the platoon at all times even though it's operating like you said kind of like an airliner would mm -hmm. the software is doing most of the driving but there is a driver who's ultimately responsible for the platoon at all times and then the other deal is it allows you to solve any corner cases that you could run into getting them off of the freeway into whatever yards that they've got to get to, to load and unload. Interesting. I appreciate that, uh, that comment quite a bit. There is a, I got a DM from a somebody, uh, on Twitter. I want to read it real quick. Cause I was just, uh, um, let me go ahead and share my screen. Actually, this is from frugal Pro Pro pockets on great Twitter. name. <laughs> it's very good. Let me go ahead and share my screen. Producer wife, I'm going to take control here for just a hot second. Oh, By the way, can we give producer wife a round of applause here for the amazing work she's been doing? Thank you so much, producer wife. Killing it. The queen. Uh, the queen. The queen wife. The queen of streams. Hell yeah. Uh, hey, Farzad, I'm a dispatcher in a trucking company. This is huge as in relation to um again take it from for a grain of salt like as a grain of salt like this is i'm just reading a comment that somebody sent me on twitter dm let's say if you have a fleet of 10 trucks you will get on average 2500 miles a week at least that's 25,000 miles driven divided by six miles per gallon for diesel that's a 4200 gallons times six dollar average price per gallon nationwide equals $25,000. so basically a dollar per mile if you use electricity of two kilowatt per hour times 2500 miles equals 50,000 uh, kilowatt hours times 15 cents per kilowatt hour. That's 7,500. That is a 3.33 times cheaper than fuel. One mile minus uh, three cents. If you pay drivers seven cents a mile, that is basically free, a free driver. So from the economics of just uh, fuel efficiency, uh, we have a dispatcher in a trucker company sort of uh, voicing their opinion that this, from a cost savings perspective, makes a ton of sense. Um, which... On wow. one of the videos that we put together in streams, we sat down and we sort of run, we sort of ran through this math, and it it was quite clear that when you put diesel versus electricity, it's like it's just such a no brainer when it comes, especially to a semi semi truck. the The question becomes charging capability, 
um, where you can charge, right? And ensuring that the uptime of the truck is just as good if not, or if not better than the diesel counterpart. If you're able to match those things, this thing is a complete and utter no-brainer. Um, and, and thank you to Frugal Pockets for sending that DM. I appreciate you. I do read DMs, by the way. If you DM me, I do read them. Sometimes I don't reply, but I do try my best. I get a lot. Mm -hmm. But uh, thank you very much for, for sharing that. Uh, any thoughts there from the panel? Yeah, I, I read the back of semi-trucks sometimes. And it's um, what you might see is like 70, uh, like 56 cents a mile. They'll pay a driver. So he's saying that it, it can be up to 70 cents a mile that they're paying drivers nowadays just with the shortage of labor and all that. So uh, that's a really big deal. This, mm -hmm. The savings on the gas is essentially giving you a free driver. That's a, uh, that's a, that's pretty breathtaking. Think about that from yeah. a staffing perspective, that if you're operating a fleet of Tesla semis, you can afford to pay drivers more than your competitors can. And so you can capture more of the market and transport more freight. That's basically what he's saying. Yeah. Because yeah, like in a market where you can't get enough drivers, well, the person who pays the most, They've got the drivers and all the people that can't pay that much, the drivers don't go to them. Can we talk about something in your sweet spot, Farzad? Uh, sure. Actually, I want to make an announcement real quick. Yeah. Corey from Monroe Live is about to join us. Just awesome. So he's about to jump on. We're about to get a hardcore engineer's perspective. Go ahead. Ask me whatever you want to ask me, Bradford. So, so I know there's at least one uh, service area that they're they're building up for semi out west and and i don't know if there's one in canada too in western canada um i'm guessing it's going to be really important for tesla to you know build up a parts uh surplus but have have the ability to fix these fast or either or possibly have replacement semis they can give people um if, if one breaks down, um, yeah. any, any thoughts when you put that hat on for a bit, Farzad? Yeah. I mean, the, the way I've fucked the NDA, I've, like it's been over <laughs> a year. I'm over it. Sorry, Elon. No, I, 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 I won't divulge anything crazy. So the way it usually happens when we have it, when we had, when Tesla had a new product launch is that the service uh, distribution network would get, a, um, a majority of the parts, if not all the parts ahead of that launch or in, in sort of uh, align with that launch. So say semi-truck is uh, going out to the customer base now. In theory, there's going to be at least one warehouse somewhere in the network that's going to be housing at the very least the most critical parts that if they fail, they can get replaced immediately. Um, there may be gaps here and there, depending on the supply chain and sort of the health of that and what suppliers we have on board and sort of some of the craziness that happens with that. But by and large, uh, the team does a pretty good job of ensuring that places have the inventory to be able to service them. Where they get serviced becomes a different question because um, I find it hard to believe that any service center right now theoretically would be able to pull in a semi and service it, say, if say the drive unit goes out, right? Because you probably need a lift of some sort and good luck utilizing a lift you have right now in a service center to be able to lift that semi up and, and work on it. Like it's going to be literally too tall. We'll hit the ceiling, right? So there, there needs to be a rollout of service centers for semis that 
uh, coincide with the t- with where these semis are going to be operating in, right? So right now it's probably difficult for Tesla to have a semi truck that can go cross country because that means you're going to need a service center at say mm-hmm. at some you know some locations that make sense, and that could mean taking some of the you know flyover states, and I hate calling them that, but let's just call them the flyover <laughs> states in the United States that are able to also take in the semi. Right. So there's going to have to be some outfitting of that. But it's a super high priority because the last thing you don't want, like the last thing you want is to have a semi truck that's out on the road, this new product that is all of a sudden, if it fails, the fleet operator or the driver is completely screwed. And then like, oh, yeah, sorry, we can't get your truck back for like another two months. And that might be the case for the for the next couple of weeks. You know, for the next if, if a semi breaks down and say the next one to three months, uh, there's probably going to be a long wait <laughs> for you to get your, your semi back. But over time, that's the th- sort of thought process. And as volumes go up, it's going to be super important for the distribution network to be able to house the parts, the necessary parts, and build out the necessary service center network to be able to take these on. It could be a, a hybrid. Like if it was me, I would make the service centers that are in these sort of states that are not dense but super high trafficked by semi trucks uh ensure that they're able to take on at least one semi truck for servicing in case something does happen that's how i would think about it does that answer your question yeah so do you think they're going to focus it like california arizona new mexico maybe and then maybe texas and that that's it for now basically yeah i think that if i was going to design the rollout i would because they're, they're also going to use it internally, right? That was something they said, is that we're going to mm-hmm. start using those internally as well. So uh, Gigafactory in Nevada to Austin and Fremont makes a ton of sense. So getting that corridor uh, built out. And then over time, as the semi-truck starts traveling more east, you know, there's a, a warehouse in Pennsylvania. There's a warehouse, I think, in Chicago. There's one in Florida. Uh, these are small warehouses, but, you know, they're all over the place. Um, if you start leveraging that route to deliver parts to say service centers and uh, body shops and the distribution networks, then those nodes in between need to be outfitted to be able to service a truck, a semi truck rather. So um, it's, I mean, it's complex, but it's not really that different than what they did already with the cars. It's just bigger, Mm -hmm. right? That's just really what it is. It's the same, but bigger. And that's how I, I bet you a million dollars. That's how that's the directive we would get from like, it's just the same, but bigger. Like, okay, great, but I'm out of room. So what the fuck do you want me to do? Right. Like that's like, <laughs> so like that's how that's how that's how the supply chain team's gonna have to think through it. So but just a little bit bigger inside baseball. Yeah. Bigger in form factor, not volume, right? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger, but but that in itself, if you think about, you know, I, I don't know what the state of the of the Tesla supply chain is and the distribution network is right now, but if say they're already capped out at how much space they can hold for parts. Theoretically, they they're probably already investing in additional space to be able to house these bigger parts, you know. Because if these semis get into a collision and say the the front or the side gets damaged, you you need that part somewhere. You need to be able to replace that door or that whatever, you know, the bumper, the fascia, the the covering in the back. You need the the wheels and the tires in stock too. Like these are pretty large items, and whatever yeah. else you may need. So and the seats, you know, like stuff like that, you need in stock, and those are big parts. But yeah, that requires a lot of room. But, and again, I, you know more than I do. So 
you keep me honest here, but it sounds like they're going to be using the plaid motors. It sounds like they're going to, I assume they're going to be using the same inverters on everything. It sounds like they're using the same cooling system. Uh, it sounds like they're using the same LCD screens. I mean, so much of what they're using is the same. Yeah. So well, they're sure. not using the same windshield. They're not using the same panels. They're not using the same trim. These are the things that take mm -hmm. up all the space. Wipers. That's the shit that really takes up space. <laughs> Wipe, yeah. Yeah. Especially in a, in a collision, for sure. Yeah. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, I'll give you an example. Dude, like, around this time of the year, I say between October and March, uh, it would be fascia season, we would call it. Like, uh, the front fascias <laughs> and the back fascias of the cars, because everybody's getting into front and rear collisions because of snow. And we're shipping hundreds of fascias a day. And these things are giant, you know? So, like, you have to, like, giant relative mm -hmm. to the other parts. So yeah. you have to cater, you have to like customize your outbound procedure to and your inventory to be able to not just take in a surplus of, of fascias versus the rest of the season is to also ensure you have an outbound process that can process these larger parts because how you, how you pack out these parts and how you service these parts is very different than, uh, you know, just like a, like a, like a, like a screen or something. The, the, mm -hmm. the form factor of the part dictates so much of how the sort of the distribution network and the servicing network uh, operates within that within that context, right? And we have Corey. What's up, dude? You hey. look great. Thanks. Look at you, man. Working hard. I love it. Um, we're talking about the service distribution of Tesla for for the semi, but I'd love to hear your thoughts, man. What's what's your takeaway? What what uh what are your takeaways from this event? So I actually missed the middle portion of the event, but I want to talk about the actual vehicle itself, particularly with the advantage that Tesla will have based on their experience with their the development of their high voltage architectures in the Model 3 and the Model Y. Um, Sandy and I toured the Nikola factory and we saw how they were building those, the tray, the tray Bev truck and their hydrogen truck. And they were horrendously inefficient from an integration perspective. Um, so I have a feeling that the high voltage architectures of these Tesla semis are going to be phenomenal. And um, similarly with the Cybertruck, they're going to take everything that they've learned and apply that to the Cybertruck. So, you know, on Monroe Live, we're tearing these things down. So I'm just keenly interested in the actual execution of the, the vehicle itself. Nice. Are you guys? Go ahead. Please. Go ahead. Yeah, I no, say, Corey, you said you missed uh, the middle of it. Did you hear them talk at all about the Cybertruck and being able to use the uh, megawatt charger? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh. And um, we discovered the patent on the, the liquid-cooled charging cable, I think, in 2018 or 19. Um, so our team reads all the patents for Tesla, including the Octovalve patents. So when we bought the, uh, the Model Y and tore down the Octovalve and the Supermanifold, we actually noticed that the patent was the patents were wide ranging and didn't actually cover the exact execution that was launched on the octovalve and on the supermanifold. So we didn't know if the liquid cooled charging cable was like diversion tactics, um, but it's nice to hear that they're actually going to use it. Yeah. So so what are your thoughts on the issues as far as like we all know, right? The issues that happen whenever you're charging the battery especially as it gets closer to completion. I mean, obviously the chemistry dependencies changed everything, but what are your, what are your thoughts on the fact that we'd be able to use the same megawatt charger for the Cybertruck 
as for the Tesla or uh, the semi Tesla semi, I mean, do you like, I, I know we don't have a lot of details on yeah. it, but how do you see so, the math of that? Because I, I think a lot of people are going to get run away and like, Oh, I can charge a, sem- a, t- a cyber truck in five minutes. And for me, that's, there's a lot yeah. missing there. So there's the chemistry limitations of lithium ion batteries. And then the chemistry choice, whether you're NCMA or lithium polymer, that actually varies your ability to charge. Then there's the choice of materials on the bus bars that can be limiting factors. So um, we're currently tearing down two EVs not related to Monroe Live and their choice of materials for bus bars and the layout of the, the modules themselves inside the battery pack. That's the limiting factor for uh, their ability to charge um, for heat dissipation and resistance buildup. Um, so oftentimes there's decision factors for cost that impact your ability to charge. And then um, the the materials you're using in your onboard charger. Uh, some of the early EVs had really weak onboard chargers. I think you can still buy a Chevy Bolt that can barely charge fast at all. I forget how weak they are. So it's the onboard charger is what I'm most interested in tearing down. And there's a lot of new um, there's a lot of new technology um, in the charging materials, particularly gallium nitride. If you're familiar with silicon, silicon carbide, and gallium nitride. There's actually a a company that sells chargers like for your iPhone that charge faster in a really small package from Anchor. They're using gallium nitride. So we actually bought some of those to tear down to study the chips on those boards. So I'll be really interested to see what the onboard charger looks like because that's typically your major limiting factor is the wattage that the onboard charger can handle. And then how it talks to your your charging grid. So I, I had a Rivian R1S over the over the break. It was a press vehicle from Rivian, VIN number 00140. I took it to charge at a EV Go charge place, and I thought I was going to get 350 kilowatts, and I got 80. And then it shut off after six minutes when I went into the mm. mall, and I came out, and it only got like like nothing. It was like the worst experience ever. Um, so you really have to have a a nice relationship with your charging infrastructure. Otherwise an amazing ability to charge and an amazing onboard charger is kind of irrelevant. I think Tesla is light years ahead with their charging infrastructure. Got it. And did you hear the part where they talked about using a thousand volt architecture? Yeah. So this a thousand volt architecture or 800 volt architecture, there's some advantages uh, in your wire size. And you actually saw this on a smaller level when some OEMs switched from 12 volt to 48 volt systems for internal combustion engine vehicles. A lot of German OEMs did this, particularly for your high amperage systems like your steering rack, um, a couple of your starter, uh, BSGs, belt start generators. This is before the move to, to EVs and mild hybrids. Um, the real benefit there is cost reduction in wiring. So when you have a higher voltage, you can shrink the size of your wiring. And um, you get a lot of advantages um, running higher voltages because uh, your bus bar sizing can drop. So the cost of those, they're not precious metals, but they're expensive metals. So throughout your battery pack and your high voltage electronics, you can uh, shrink the size of 
of all your wiring and your connectors, which are a primary cost driver in high voltage architecture. And so since they're using the plaid motors as the drivetrain, and they talked about using the one for just steady state driving and then having the second and third that they could clutch in as needed, are they are they operating those at the same voltage that they would be operating in the plaid and then just being able to run more basically not necessarily in parallel like yeah so i didn't catch that part of the presentation but um the plaid system is a 400 volt system uh, or 360 volt nominal about 400 volt system um where uh so if you look at it, most diesel diesel over the road trucks, they're actually low horsepower, high torque. So you're, the reason why they're most likely using the carbon fiber wrapped is because if they're getting a high amount of torque, they're spinning at a very high RPM. So if they're spinning at a very high RPM, they're generating a huge amount of torque. I don't know what the gear ratio will be, but it's got to be way over nine to one. So the gearboxes in most of the Teslas are like 9.046 to one. And they're almost all the same front and rear model Y model three. We've torn down all of them. And I believe the plaid gear ratios are the same and the gear ratio in the semi is going to be completely different. I didn't even get a chance to catch it, but you're going to be high torque, lower power, high RPM. That's that, that matches the amount of output that you would have from a very, very high torque, low horsepower inline six diesel engine is what you typically have. I mean, semis from the 1980s and 90s have less horsepower and about the same amount of torque as a modern inline six diesel engine from Cummins in like a Ram. So it's incredible. I know this is an EV discussion, but, you know, Monroe spent two decades studying internal combustion engine powertrains. And, um, you know, if you're trying to draw parallels between them. Hey, we can talk engines. My background is mechanical engineering, so I'm a two-stroke, four-stroke guy over yeah. here. <laughs> and, and wait, I got to give a shout-out to Bradford. Thanks for the tequila. You're still one of my favorite people um, on our road trip. Thank you. You're welcome. I got a question about the inverter, Corey. Is it possible with the much higher voltage that they'd still be able to use, reuse that same inverter that they're using in every car they have now? They would need to use the inverter that runs the rear motors, not the front. Uh, Tesla currently uses silicon um, silicon chips on the induction motors in the front, and they actually have uh, they reduce some of the chips on the front motors. The rears are using silicon carbide. Silicon carbide chips can handle up to 800 to 1,000 volts. Um, and the gallium nitride can handle even more. And that's yet to be deployed in any um, in any current OEM, but we're getting a lot of inquiries to study gallium nitride utilization for inverters. Um, I think we're still like probably three to five years away, but that's a real thing. That's not like solid state battery. Like I know <laughs> gallium nitrate's real. That's a hot take. <laughs> and I, have, I have a question for Bradford actually. So each battery pack for this, uh, the Tesla Semi 
equates to what 12 or 13 battery packs for model threes or model Ys based on kilowatt hours. Yeah. Do you think Tesla doesn't want to sell tens or hundreds of thousands of these semis because it'll impact the mineral supply, particularly nickel, cobalt, manganese, aluminum for their um, commercial vehicles? Would you rather sell 13 Model Ys or one one semi? Yeah, I I saw some analysis on Twitter about this where. I think Tesla needs to sell it for like at least three hundred and fifty thousand, um, and maybe even more than that to kind of break even on the batteries, like the profit per battery. Like if 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 the limiting factor is your your critical minerals and metals, um, then you want to maximize profit per you know per lithium per nickel, etc. Um, so I, I think that's a good reason why we should see the price of the semi come way up. Yeah. Is, is that assuming per, is that assuming 2170 or is that assuming volume of each metal? I, I'm kind of as, assuming right now it's 2170. Yeah. I think people are looking at it versus model Y, the profit in the model Y because model Y is, you know, very profitable. I do wonder though if there is a because <clears throat> one of the one of the leading slides for the presentation was we're doing this because most it's it's one of the most polluting per unit basis vehicles yeah. out there. So profit be damned, we're doing it for the environment, you know. Um, so it's almost like <clears throat> it's almost like this is Tesla going back to their quote unquote roots. I feel like with the semi of trying to bring a product forward that's. Uh, it was initially sort of heralded as this environmental thing that's super cool. And maybe the semis is is sort of the quote unquote return of form from that perspective. But let's not kid ourselves. It's going to be ridiculously profitable as well. If we're sort of like thinking about how they're leveraging the existing supply chain and all that good stuff. Right. So um, to me, it's a signal. And I love to hear everyone's take. But like to me, it's a signal that the supply chain that they've built for the supply is to the point where they can say okay the surplus supply we could create for the model y right now we don't think we need that extra demand so let's just push it towards the semi and get that thing going so that in you know five to ten years time we're shipping three to four hundred thousand semis a year instead of fifty thousand right so let's let's get it rolling let's get it started so we can get it to that point i don't know if, if you all agree with that but that's how i'm thinking about it yeah yeah, the the utilization of the semi is much more than the car. So, it, you know, environmentally, going through the batteries faster, so you, then you can then you can recycle them at the end of life. Um, that's gonna that's gonna be a thing. Um, I I wonder <laughs> I wonder about all this math that goes into it, but I gotta think like the semi is better for the mission, and um, if you could chew through the batteries faster, like people driving the cars, it'll take them uh, 20 years to get to 300,000 miles. And that's kind of when the batteries get to like around 80%. Yeah. But with the semi, if they, if they put in the, the right additives on the battery, you maybe the batteries last a million miles and, and, th and then you're, um, you know, it takes about maybe six to 10 years to go through, to go to a million miles so, you know, I, 
there's there's a lot of math in there. <laughs> there is, but it's, I think it's just it's 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 back of the napkin math will say that like the semi is not going to make you more money than the Model Y, but you're still building it anyway. So it's like it's a profit be damned statement for mm -hmm. me. It's like uh, we're we're getting this going. We're going to make a shit ton of money with FSD and the robo taxi network in, in the next three to five years. This is important to ensure that people that live on highways don't die from freaking pneumonia. I don't know. Like it's, you know, it's a, it's thinking about humanity, thinking about, I think it's important for a brand to have that sort of thought process. And yeah. Um, Hans, I saw you go off from you. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say that assuming that the robo taxi vehicle uses a lithium iron phosphate chemistry, then the, semi will be a chemistry that is independent of the robo taxi and so those two things should not necessarily overlap each other but it is a really tough question to think about because you know 50,000 semis in 2024 if that's what they're targeting i think i think it was 2024 um somebody checked me on that but that's equivalent to between 600,000 and 7 or 600,000 and 650,000 regular model Y's that would be, uh, you know, long range because they would be uh, a nickel chemistry. So that's a lot of cars that you're talking about offsetting with a semi. Yeah, I, I agree with, sure. with Hans there. I think there's like a, I think there's like a, it's all about efficiency, right? So it's not just about efficiency today or this quarter or this year, but it's, it's also about the bigger picture. So what makes the most sense for the mission? What makes the most sense for, you know, first principles thinking about using nickel versus LFP versus the, 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 the form factor, meaning robo taxi or semi, and what makes the most sense on all of that and where, you know, it's like a Venn diagram, where do all those align to make the perfect sense? And so, yeah, I think there's like a sweet spot with all of that. Um, not to change the subject, but I don't always get to talk to Corey. So I'm just really curious, Corey, <laughs> any thoughts on FSD beta, uh, version 11 coming out soon and 10.69.3. I'm biased. I live in a kind of geo fenced air, not geo fenced area. But I'm a, a echo chamber of my own geo where it works amazingly. Uh, just curious on your take on full self-driving autonomy on the whole, not just Tesla. Yeah. Uh, un unfortunately, I've outsourced all of our FSD beta testing to Mike Lane and two other people at Monroe. We have to divide and conquer. We have people who do hoist reviews. We have people who do suspension. Um, but I rode with John from Silicon Valley Tesla back in 2021, and that blew me away, blew me away in Fremont. Um, I think what's important for, for people to realize about, about FSD beta is I think Tesla's Tesla's lead is so great that many of the other OEMs I think are giving up. For that's all I want to hear. Yeah, and um, I, I can't say who, but I, I live in Detroit, so I have lunches with friends, and I've ran into two or three people from GM, and I'm like, "Hey, where's my lyric?" And they've intimated that it's because the super cruise or the ultra cruise just isn't working right yet mm. you know and they can't build them and they can't get it to work and I, i'm not going to name names but these are people who would know and you know it's kind of embarrassing that you have these multi-billion dollar organizations that that are this far behind 
And I drive a GM product, embarrassingly now. Uh, I drive a Yukon and it has, it doesn't even have the, the, it just has the ping pong thing where it bounces on the lines and it drives me crazy because I had the R1S for uh, just like five or six days. And even, even Rivian's is way better. Rivian actually lane yeah. keeps. So um, I'm, I'm really the wrong person to ask for the detailed FSD beta stuff. I know that our, our team, uh, our model three that we own does, will get it. Um, it should get it, but we're in Michigan. So I'm not, I'm not up to date on if we're going to get it in the right area or not. So yeah. sorry, I can't help you out there. I'm more of the hardware guy, not the software guy. No, fair enough. I, I appreciate the the candidness there, and and yeah, that that whole uh, if this and that logic for for autonomous vehicles doesn't really work that well. <laughs> yeah. So there's this rumor about the Model Three that Tesla is going to be um, doing some stuff to it. They may do a facelift, but I'm curious about what Tesla may do under the hood. Um, would it make sense to? for them to do this thousand volt for model three and then trickle it out to all their models or um, might we see like the cool heated seat or the power steering that doesn't need to stay on the whole time or what what other changes might we see so who's this question for asking asking you Corey. okay all right hardware so, guy <laughs> my my favorite part about uh, Tesla's high voltage architecture is the cascading effect through the entire uh, their entire lineup of cars. So we saw early Tesla model S's and X's in our benchmarking endeavors in 2013, 14, 15. And frankly, they were like Frankenstein cars, horribly <laughs> fragmented. Uh, the accelerator yeah. pedal was from Ford Motor Company. I mean, it was, they just weren't that impressive. And then when the Model 3 came out, that blew Sandy and I away, uh, particularly with the super bottle for the thermal system, pre-octo valve, and then the elegance and the efficiency of the front and rear drive units. We call them EDMs. The fact that the inverter was integrated into the EDM, the fact that there was no high voltage PTC heater for the ethylene glycol fluid, just like these amazing things that we've never seen in EVs or even PHEVs or MHEVs. Then fast forward, they took that high voltage architecture, 400 volts, they put in the Model Y, they improved it with the OctoValve, then they took that OctoValve thermal system backward, made it backwards compatible to all the new Model 3s, and then we got our Model S Plaid, and it's the same motor architecture. So even though the it's slightly different, um, the gearbox, the gearing, the thermal system, the inverter, when we pulled the inverter off of the Model S Plaid, it said Model 3 on the board. You know, so when you buy a Plaid, you have Model 3 inverters. It says Model 3 on the board because it's the same. That level of commonality um, is is something that you want to, you, you want that to last at least seven to 10 years from a from a cost perspective. And maybe Brad, Bradford, you can, you can speak on this to amortize all that tooling and all that effort. So it'll be interesting to see their next, architecture and hopefully their next architecture cascades across all their all their vehicles so when the model 3 and the model y came out sandy and i both said this is like six to seven years ahead of anything there are some oems that are launching systems that are nearly as elegant and and have a lot of virtues and features that that are close 
but they're coming out now in 2022 when we first saw this in 27, late 2017, early 2018. So I guess the answer is probably, but not in the near future for the core, the core offerings, because that architecture is so prevalent. Mm-hmm. It's across everything. And they, they're just now building 4680 packs on 400 volt 4680 packs. Like, I don't know, they've made what, uh, 10,000 of them. And they haven't even built them in Germany yet. So I think we have a half a decade at least of manufacturing this current high voltage strategy from from Tesla. And you'll see it 2027, 2030, and you'll see it in some of their vehicles. And then they'll phase out uh, the 400 volt systems. But it'll be a long time. Speaking of half a decade, like when can we get you into a Tesla, Corey? Are they going to need to... Like, is a Cybertruck going to be it or you're in a Yukon? So do well, you need a, like a cyber van or what, what do you need? What's tough is I, I'm I'm struggling to shake my Nebraskan roots. I live on two acres. My house is a ranch that's 4,600 square feet. I have a dog, three children, a wife, a stroller. I had a smaller Yukon and it was tiny. I couldn't fit anything in it. And, and I know I... I just, I want an electric three row SUV. That's huge. I, I don't need 500 miles of range. I just need 200 miles of range. Just make it. Someone make it. I'll buy it. It'll probably be 130, 140 grand. I don't care. Just, just make it. Make me, I don't want a cyber truck. I want a cyber SUV, a cyber mm. suburban. They should call it the X urban or something. I like that. I think, do you think Tesla would come out with a vehicle like that? Do you think that's in their product roadmap? Or do you think after Cybertruck and a $25,000 car, the RoboTaxi, that's it? That's that's what we got. Plus a van. I guess they have a van coming out as well, right? Yeah. I think they, I, they talked about. I'm not, I don't think it's in their roadmap. But other OEMs yeah. have them in their plans for sure. Probably yeah. like the Navigator, the Escalade, the Suburban, the Yukon, the Expedition. Because all the they usually lead with the trucks, and then a year and a half, two years later, they they'll have the SUV. So, GM has their truck, Ford has their truck. They just put an SUV body on it. Yeah, yeah. There will be a Lightning edition of the Expedition shortly. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, maybe one one question for me, and then I, I know we're over three hours in, so we should probably think about uh, wrapping this sucker up at some point here, but it's just having so much fun. Thank you, Corey, by the way, for making the time, man. Like your, your thoughts are so valuable. And the fact that you decided to come on, dude, I really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you so much, man. Seriously. It's, it's awesome. Um, the, so now with the semi being out and Tesla has a uh, cyber truck coming up, uh, they have all these different vehicles going down the road. Now you have companies and GM and Ford, but now you have companies like Freightliner. There's some other uh, semi-truck companies as well that are uh, going to experience some potential disruption here in the next, maybe I shouldn't even use the word potential. It's very likely that these companies are going to get disrupted. How do you view Tesla's roadmap for the next, say, three to five years? And sort of how do you think about the type of effort that has to be done by competitors 
to try and be part of this new sort of wave, especially with the semi now being a real thing that was, you know, before said, hey, this is impossible. There's no way it can do 500 miles in one charge and so on and so forth. Um, just I'm curious to hear your take. You know, we've, we've heard Sandy's a couple of weeks ago. Um, you're exposed to a lot of this stuff as well. And of course, you know, you work with a lot of different companies as well. So I don't want you to say things that, you know, might damage those relationships. But like, how how do you think about that? How what's going through your mind? Oh, is that for me? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Well, I think one really important aspect is they showcased a city truck. This was not a long haul truck with a bed in the back. And the majority of trucking in the United States is long haul. And I think that's really important to, to note. And this will be great for cities because if you have a city fleet, so you can still have a long haul truck. I know they said 500 miles, but you got to build a really crazy infrastructure. The vehicle is not set up for your typical long haul truckers. And I actually have really good, um, a really good experience with that. My dad was a diesel mechanic and he, his whole life, he worked on semis. And when I was a kid, I actually went and worked with him. He supported yellow freight, YRC, yellow and roadway corporation. I've done more brake jobs on semis. I drove a semi at the age of 12, a manual one. I know you had a question earlier, like anyone drive one? I've driven them. And the city ones are smaller. They're lower performance. They they don't have to have the same requirements. So I think Sandy is a huge proponent of hydrogen for long haul trucking. And the mass of the battery is is going to be a huge detriment to total load. So I, I'd like to understand the mass of the battery because I know what a hundred kilowatt hour battery weighs, but a megawatt battery weighs ten times as much. So that weight means you can no longer haul as much. So they said they had eighty two thousand pounds, but uh, yeah, they never was, did say how much load was, they was were that, carrying. was that the whole truck i wanted to know the load and yeah I, exactly you know i unfortunately i didn't want i have i had a lot of family stuff going on i didn't actually watch the whole event i only watched like tiny parts of it we still but, never got that information though okay all right um so i just want to on twitter uh, on twitter martin vieca who's the head of ir um i don't know if it's him but he or elon said that they got the semi to the same weight so that okay. you can carry the same load. That, that so That's really no, good to know. Yeah, there's no yeah. load penalty. And only Tesla would be able to pull that off, like my first statement I made on here, through a massive amount of, of engineering and integration. Because any other current attempt to make an EV semi has been woefully heavy, you know. So these are some of the unknowns. But the... The, the fact of the matter is 500 miles it still isn't enough because if you've ever seen how big the fuel tanks are on those semis, they have like two 60-gallon fuel tanks and they get seven miles per gallon. So what's, what's 140 gallons times seven or 120 gallons times seven, 700, 1,000 miles. And also they use that fuel to heat the cabin for 10 hours uh, while they're sitting there. You know, they run the generators. So you have to actually factor in essentially like a camping mode when you get somewhere. So if you get somewhere, you have to charge for the long haul truck. 
So I really want to see a long haul version of this. That's what I want to see. So that's just my little bit of reservation. I was really mm -hmm. impressed with what I saw so far, but really this is the reason why Pepsi's buying it. Cause what does Pepsi do? They have local distributors, like they have a local bottling facility and then they distribute inside of a, it's like a hub and spoke. Mm -hmm. So yeah. beer distributors, Coke and you know Pepsi, Coke, snack distributors, this is perfect for them. So I think it's really important that that you think of the customers that are signing up for this are these shorter haul, uh, shorter haul and delivery routes. Got it. So like an Old Dominion or a Black Horse, like these sort of like or 3PL. Warner. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay. So these are next generation semi, hopefully, if if they're able to figure this out. It's do you think it's and we possible? Don't... Like it go ahead. I was going to say, we don't know that Pepsi is going to use this for beverages because they own so much of Lay's and chips. Like they could be transporting much lighter loads that have full vans than a 45,000 pound load. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That's fair. That's fair. Um, are you guys planning on? I think Sorry, you're right. Like the way bottlers work is. Um, they get the water out of the ground. You don't want to transport water until you've made it into the, to the Pepsi or to the soda. So, you know, once you get it to the soda, then maybe you transport some of it from there. But yeah, there's a, a lot of snacks. <laughs> Heck yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no problem at all. Is, uh, is uh, Monroe planning on tearing down a semi? I mean, it's not currently in our plans, but I successfully crowdsourced the purchase of a plaid, and that was 150 grand. Y'all in the Price comments selling bumper stickers. stickers. It, <laughs> it worked, and and we bought the vehicle. You know, so yeah. are you thinking we, about starting one up for the semi? I mean, is the sky blue? I mean, I, I guess I could. <laughs> <laughs> Not at the moment, but it will be. My, uh, <laughs> it will be. my, my shipping and receiving guy is named Matt. He's successfully fulfilled like 25,000 orders in the last year and a half. We've shipped wow. stuff to like 130 countries. We finally delivered all of our 4680 cells, and I sold all of them, all of them, at 800 wow. bucks a pot. That's like half a million bucks. And nice. um, we sold all of them and we delivered them to every single country internationally. It was wild. Wow. And it took us like three months to figure out shipping logistics because we're shipping a damaged lithium ion battery that's over 90 <laughs> watt hours, which is like apparently super dangerous. And um, it ended up costing about $200 to ship internationally and $120 to ship uh, domestically. So when wow. people were complaining about the $800 price tag, I think our cost to extract and ship each cell was like $350 to $450. Because we had three people working for a month. Anyways, um, it's great margins, man. Well, well, we got a big, <laughs> great margin. We got a big operation, you know. Yeah, that's excellent, Corey. Maybe, maybe you don't have thoughts on it now, but you know, we're curious about the the seat in the middle of the truck. You know, what are some negatives for that with truck drivers? What are what are some positives? Um, we're wondering about other things of the experience. So like if, if Monroe can answer that, you know, down the road. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll see if I can get Sandy 
to do a video. He's headed actually, he's in Europe right now. He's headed to Saudi Arabia. Um, I was in Saudi Arabia about three weeks ago and a lot of people gave us grief. They're like, why are you in Saudi Arabia oil, all this? And then a week and a half later, they announced all their plans with electric vehicles. It's like, hello, that's why we're there. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so Sandy's going to be there. Um, I think for about six or seven days. And a lot of people complain. They're like, why isn't Sandy on the channel more? They don't realize he's the CEO of a hundred person engineering firm. And him and I travel, uh, I mean, over a hundred thousand miles this year. We're traveling all the time. Um, So anyways, we'll try and get a video with Sandy on this. And um, we have a few people who have their CDL licenses and have driven before. So we can have them. Nice. That's great. That's going to be great data. That's going to be super interesting to hear from those folks for sure. Is there any any connection, uh, Tesla opening an office in Detroit uh, close to you guys? Uh, no, we, we, we actually don't work. We actually don't work with Tesla at all. And we keep it that way. Even if they came and said, hey, we could use your help because we gain too much notoriety from tearing their vehicles down and disseminating the information. <laughs> And when yeah. we start working with a client, oftentimes that prohibits our ability to then put the vehicle on YouTube because okay. we know too much from the source. <laughs> so it becomes, yeah. they know Conflict we know. So yeah. if we pretend that we just found out all this insight, it's like, come on, you know, mm-hmm. so okay, um, yeah. it, it's a, it's a, it's an odd little dance that we have to do and we, we handle it okay. We need to remain unbiased, though, and that's really important to us. So we refuse to take any sponsorships from Tier 1s, Tier 2s, or OEMs um, for our content. And we've been approached several times for people that want to essentially give us their product and say good things, and we refuse um, because we need to remain unbiased because we think that we, we, we serve an important role uh, educating the world about what's inside these things. Yep, you do. Yeah, 100% yeah, and you guys do a great I'm... job of that. Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, Nick, Nicholas, say, you, you guys do a... excellent. Yeah, Nicholas, you have a YouTube channel. Yes, I do. It's yeah, uh, yeah you said investing it, you against said the grain. And investing against the grain, I have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how many, yeah, how go many ahead. followers do you have? How many subscribers? Uh, just under ten thousand. He needs more alarm. <laughs> it was all alarm was about the dog. Yeah. So it's a, my, it's a, I, it's a my, weird channel. Yeah, that was my channel, dog. My oh, dog, just, dog. That was an alarm. No, my dog is dreaming and he howled in his sleep. So sorry about that. Oh, oh that's so cute. That's cute as hell. <laughs> it oh is. Oh my god. Wow. Um, that's amazing. Go yeah. ahead, Nick. No, I, I was just say I, I have a weird YouTube channel. So I. I'm an engineer by trade, so my background's in mechanical electrical engineering, and now I'm a software engineer. Uh, but so I'm I'm weird, but my channel is about investing in Tesla, and occasionally I dive into engineering things that I find interesting. I dive into uh, so yeah, it's it's a weird channel, but it's kind of just a, a a hobby thing on the side. Uh, I wish I could do it full time, like. Farzad, he's sitting there talking about different trends and stuff. He sees in the channel, like man, I wish I had time to look at all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no nick does a great job by the way shout out to uh the limiting factor jordan i would totally bring you on but i'm i'm uh we're probably gonna have to end this thing here because uh 
Uh, we've been going a little over uh, almost three and a half hours here. It's probably makes sense, but um, we'll make sure to have you on the next one, Jordan. Thank you so much. We like threw out limiting factor like a thousand times in conversation here. So I'm like, I want to say shout out Jordan. Uh, he does such great work, but um, yeah, let's close it up. Any final thoughts uh, from the panel? Maybe Corey, we'll, we'll head it off to you and then we'll go around the the horn. Then Hans, Bradford, Nicholas, uh, what are your final thoughts? Any, anything you want to share before we uh, log the sucker off? Yeah, my final thoughts are just to consider the fact that this was not a long haul truck. And so trying to rein in our enthusiasm um, and not all being experts in the trucking industry. I know I'm not. I don't think any one of us on this call are. Um, but focusing in on the technology and what Tesla is doing right. So if if tr if it is truly is the same weight as a uh diesel engine version that in and of itself is is an incredible virtue that they've achieved so um i like to be realistic pragmatic about my assessment and and unless i've actually seen it and torn it down it's very difficult for me to say it's the best ever so uh i i like to avoid using best and ever um it seems really intriguing and, and I can't wait to, to find out more. And maybe I will do that sticker fundraising thing and get one. Yes. And, and one other thing, Sandy just joined Twitter a week and a half ago and he already has 37,000 followers. And one of them is Elon. I don't know if anyone is following <laughs> that, that son of a bitch. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> and oh, wait, so, wait, what's Corey have? What's Corey have? I, I have like 6,000. Come on, people. I know. Sign hey, up. Oh yeah. my God. It's my name. Let's plug him. Yeah. At, at Corey Steuben. That, that's me. Oh, so, there's Sandy. So here's this handsome fellow right here. And, and you know, I, I, I created his account for him. I held <laughs> his words. Those are your followers. <laughs> I took that photo. I took all those photos. I even purposefully, uh, he has bad grammar. So if you look at the word founder, I didn't capitalize it because he wouldn't. And when I tweet for him, I, I don't use correct punctuation. So he'll ask me to come in and I'll like, if you go down in his tweets, go down. I, I did, I, I did that tweet 300,000 views. I held it. I typed it. I did the whole thing. Nice. Yeah. The secret's out. I, I like that Damn. tweet. That was a good tweet. Yeah. So um, this is this is Corey's main account, and then for his backup account, yeah, go no. to his main account. <laughs> this is Corey Steuben. Yeah. There he yeah. is. There you go. At Corey Steuben. Make sure you go follow him. Six thousand followers plus Sandy's thirty-six thousand. So we'll call it forty-two thousand. How about that? <laughs> yeah, we got forty-two thousand followers. <laughs> All right. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for coming on, man. Really appreciate you making the time. Mm -hmm. Thank you, brother. Um, Hans, 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 Hans. What are your final <laughs> thoughts here? Hans. Um, yeah, I think I'll I'll kind of build on what Corey was saying. The fact that they didn't come out and tell us that the load weight was forty five thousand for the five hundred mile drive specifically tells me that, yeah, it wasn't a forty five thousand pound load, and you know, that's okay. But what it, what it says is basically that that long haul use case is still out of reach for the Bev. And so while we can say, you know, okay, Bill Gates, you were wrong. It was possible. Yeah, maybe he was still kind of right. And so anyways, 
uh that said i super excited about it it's going to cover so many use cases um you know there's lots and lots of routes and lots and lots of loads you know either routes that are not long or loads that are not full capacity where this truck will be amazing i'm so glad that they're actually beginning deliveries i'm excited to see what the ramp looks like how many they're able to get out the door i think that's going to tell us a lot about um just the future roadmap of the company specifically what their battery supply looks like um, the fact that they are able to start shipping these in any sort of quantity tells me that, you know, they've got their supply chain locked up. Um, and so, yeah, monitoring deliveries to kind of get some insight into the status of the supply chain will also be a big thing going forward. Nice. And then as far as your um, socials go, let me just plug your Twitter here real quick. Uh, we'll make sure everybody's uh, represented on Twitter. Hans Nelson or Hans Nelson, apparently. Uh, hey, yes. At Hans. Hey, that's, that's more the traditional Hans, the, the traditional German spelling, but I'm an American. Hans, it's okay. Hans. All right. There you go. Make sure you go follow him. Uh, Bradford, give us your final do, thoughts. My man. Yeah. Do you have that little video from uh, John from Silicon Valley? You can yeah. pull up the. The link is in the chat. It's the second link yeah. from the bottom. Um, what I noticed in that video is there's a second seat in the semi, on, and it's on the right side. So you got a like a pull down seat there, and there's room for a bed, Corey. There's room for a bed. So uh, there, there's going to be some accessories. People, uh, Tesla has an amazing fan base. Uh, they're they're going to make a bed. Uh, not sure how you get into it once you put a bed in there somehow. Uh, and I don't know how comfortable <laughs> it would be. But um, they say it charges 0 to 70 in 30 minutes. You got your 30-minute break right there. Um, you know, 70% gets you 350 miles. Uh, that gets you to your next break. Um I think you could use it for long haul. So I'm curious what else is needed for long haul. Like I, today is like the start of the discussion. And like I've, I've learned a lot from points uh, everyone made. But Farzad, you raised a lot of good stuff. And Alexandra about what Tesla didn't say, what they didn't choose to emphasize. Um, so I'm just going to keep an open mind. Um, but I, I feel like Tesla went from zero to one, like this is an incredible truck. And I think the only thing that's going to slow them down is like, wh where are they going to price it at? Um, you know, they're not going to make it so that the buyer, the truck gets all the savings, like a, a chunk of the savings is going to go to Tesla and it'll be in the, the initial price that people pay. Yeah. Great points. Real quick, plug for Bradford. If you want to follow his content, he does awesome stuff on Twitter at Brad, Brad S. Ferguson. Um, make sure you go check him out. And then real quick, there was a picture taken from the event um, with J.B. Straubel at the event as well. So maybe that's uh, that's something. I don't know if it's anything. I guess they're just buddies. And look at Baby X has grown up quite a bit. Look at that hair. <laughs> I know, right? Just yeah. got the locks flowing in the wind. I love it. Um, thank you, Bradford. Uh, Nico, 
what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah. yeah. So obviously lots of thoughts to, to wrap up here, but uh, look, th- this is the beginning. This is not f- semis done. This is the first step forward. This is just like you just graduated from college and now the real work starts. Semi is launched. It's going to get delivered. Now is where iteration happens. Now it's where the, the evolution of the product happens. It's just going to get better. We've seen it with S, X, 3, Y. I mean, we've seen it with all the Tesla products. So this is just the beginning. So although we have brought up, I think, a lot of decent things on here as far as things that weren't said or ambiguity that was, you know, seemed to be left as a mystery intentionally, maybe not intentionally, things will get cleared up. It will become less muddy and we'll understand things and they'll iterate and they'll get better and they'll get that feedback loop. And and that's what engineering is all about. It's not about the end destination. It's about the evolution of things. So, so look forward to that. And for anyone who's out there as an investor, don't expect this to have any movement on the stock price. Look, if if Berlin, if Austin, if the stock split, if investment investor grade didn't do anything, this sure as hell won't do it. But at the same time, you never know when things will change. So to keep the big picture in mind, just like Tesla, it's all about the long term. It's all about the future. It's about the mission. And, and that's what you got to keep your, your ground truth at. Uh, and again, uh, pleasure. Farzad, thank you for all of this. Uh, 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 Bradford, Hans, Corey. Corey's pleasure to finally meet you in person uh, or in computer, virtual land. In person. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's an honor to have the stage with all of you guys. So, you know, truly appreciate it and pass it on to Farzad. Thank you, brother. Uh, real quick, just to plug uh, Nick here, <laughs> investing against the grain YouTube channel. Make sure you go check him out. He deserves I know you subscribers. <laughs> what you did this what? for everyone, but when you pulled this up, I wasn't expecting that for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Come on, bro. I don't know. I just wasn't expecting. I'm that. A I was like, oh, you know, I wasn't expecting to see myself as a host, bro. Come on now. Fuck out of here. You act like it's you. <laughs> I know it's the wife in the back, the real, the real it MVP of the show. She is a real MVP. She's going to get all the shout outs in the world. Nicholas Gibbs at Nick Gibbs IAG on Twitter. Make sure you go follow him. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Um, my final thoughts. I'm just so honored and blessed to be able to sit down with you guys and Alexandra and Emmett and everybody else who's ever come on the channel to talk about this stuff, to try and bring value to the listener by, you know, getting all of us together and just just have fun through this very interesting time in history where we have a company that is so passionate about about engineering and creating awesome products that it, it has inspired so many people and this wouldn't have been here unless we were all inspired by the things that are happening in this field so i just feel so grateful to be part of that i feel so incredibly grateful to have a platform to be able to share my ideas and to be able to bounce them off of everybody you guys the community everybody in the comments it's just it feels like a dream and truly that's my biggest takeaway from tonight is just i'm so thankful for all of you um on the panel i'm thankful for everybody in the comment section then it's just mind-blowing man it's so fucking fun that's what it really comes down to it's so fun and thank you all so much for joining me today seriously thank you very much for making the time Appreciate you guys. Love you guys very much. Um, All right. And producer wife, how can we forget? Thank you so much, producer wife in the background, not showing her face, not showing like not. We can't hear her, but she's doing all the work, except the last bit here where I brought up everybody's plugs. That was all me. I'll take the credit for that. All right.
Thank you, everybody in the comments. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow for our community forum. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Hans. Thank you, Bradford. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you, Alexandra. Thank you, Emmett. We couldn't get Emmett back. I'm sure he's busy talking to Elon right now at the event, but that's okay. He'll tell us he all about it. He got the MVP suite. <laughs> that's right. Be better. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Take us off here. Cheers. Here we go.